and welcome to the Inglorious Masters podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how the Wiggles draw a bigger crowd than Donald Trump. <laughs> My name is Matt Polly. With way. me are Brad Polly. Hey. Uh, together we are the Inglorious Masters. Michael is on assignment uh, in Florida doing uh, COVID research. Uh, we have a, a, a guest with us. Uh, back. I feel like your mic's not loud enough. Back oh, from the wilderness. <laughs> Hold on, let me turn it up. Back from the wilderness, Brandon Andrus. At Brad Polly. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Remember when it used to just be him going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. at the beginning? Now it's like banshee screeches. <laughs> um, yeah, hi, guys. Hey. Can we talk about how it's not 1,000 degrees outside in uh, the end of June? It's pleasant. In Indiana? And thank God for global warming in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Did you guys see um, it was northern part of russia yeah it's like a hundred degrees. degrees above the arctic circle above yeah. the arctic yeah. circle yeah it's Insanity. fine we're fine yeah. everything's good <laughs> jesus <laughs> uh. meanwhile in indiana god it's quite pleasant in my garage yes yeah, it's, it's amazing <laughs> um announcements we have a book giveaway uh, that, that was loud boy that is loud yeah, that's, wow that's, that's pretty pretty damn loud. um Oh boy, I did not have that ready. Hold on a second. Um, we, we picked it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yucky Cheese at Swash Buckland. <laughs> yucky Cheese. <laughs> uh, you win Austin Channing's Brown's book. Uh, Channing's. So Chan- Austin Chan. What did I say? You said Channing's Brown. Austin Channing Brown. Just one Channing. Oh, okay. Singular, <laughs> Singular Channing. Singular Channing. Um, yeah, so, uh, Lynn, uh, slide in our DMs with your address, and we'll... Um, Keep T.O. out of the DMs, bro. Yeah, don't want T.O. in the DMs. Uh, we need to pick a book for next week. Uh, Brad, you got any ideas? Uh, Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Okay. I'm reading that right now, and it is okay. like no, almost not even metaphorically blowing my dick off. <laughs> like Literally, I've, huh. I'm about half dickless at this point from it. It well. is... Dude, I mean, I can't, that, for one, that dude is one of the that best... It still leaves you with 12 inches, huh? It does, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> no, it's literally twelve metaphorical inches. Um, uh, not only is he like one of the best writers I've ever read in my life, like his writing is just fantastic. That book, I, I said last night, I posted it in the or a couple nights ago, whenever it was in the uh, pastor's public library group. I was like, it's like reading that book is like getting your fucking heart ripped out and then just having to sit and stare at it. I mean, it, yeah. Jeez. I'm about I'm about God. It's two thirds of the way through white privilege. Um, no, white fragility. White fragility, which is about white privilege. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. It's been a while since I looked at the title. Uh, it's it's incredible. How I mean, many how many Channings is that book? Uh, I give it I give it four Channings actually. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good too. Okay, so the book is called Between the World and Me by Tanahasi Coates. Yep. Okay. So uh, slide into our Twitter, follow us, retweet us. We'll put a uh, a link up on Twitter that you can retweet, and we will draw a winner. We're doing this what ten weeks? Yeah, I think so. This so. will be week. Uh, will be week three. Is this three or four? I think it's just three. Is it three? Yeah, I think so. Whatever. Um, we'll go Eleven weeks. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll just go. We'll go until we run out of books to give you. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's it. Uh, now on to what's next. <laughs> What are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. So hey, hey, what?
Hey, Brad, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm having the Henry McKenna 10-year bourbon. It's just one of the best. Good luck finding it anywhere. Yeah, it's really hard to find. I got one one bottle that my buddy from our buddy from uh, Louisville found. Her old old Travi Pinks found it, and yeah. bought it for me, and I paid him back. And it's I'm, I've got one like one dram left yeah. in the bottle, and I'm just savoring it. Yep, <clears throat> it's a good one. Uh, Bojangles, what are you drinking? Uh, right now, it's a Mas Agave from Founders. Mm, that's uh, a good that's, one. <laughs> that's a good one and you are a founder slut too i am yeah that, that's so good um and rightfully so yeah later I, mean, I thought he was a bell slut oh that too yeah, yeah. i'm a michigan slut there how about that <laughs> <laughs> but you're uh, our michigan slut i am um from columbus i brought some zwanzig's beer uh they just released they, they have an award-winning beer called the ticket and it's a chocolate beer but it looks like a pilsner so it's not like a dark Swallows it fucks with your brain yeah. a little bit. It's like a white and so it smells or... chocolate, tastes chocolate, um, and, and it's subtle. It's not overwhelming, but it's an award-winning. I think it got like, um, you know, you know, the big deal that they do nationally. It won like the, the small beer brewer. cup. It's yeah, something the beer like cup. That. It won like small brewer uh, beer of the year or something huh. a few years ago. But anyway, they bourbon barrel aged it. <laughs> Of course they did. Yeah, and so I brought that. And they do that really well too. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. do bourbon barrel aging really yeah. well. Yeah, they don't I, overdo it. Uh-uh. I think my favorite beer uh, ever comes from them. Oh, it's um, good. It's I know the, which one you're about yeah, to say. It's yeah. the bourbon barrel aged cherry God, imperial it's, stout. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it's about like nine thousand percent. It is, but well, it is so good. It's like motor put, oil, man. When you pour it, it is. Yeah. And and I think they put nine thousand Michigan cherries. Yeah. In it. Oh, oh so good. Zwan- if you're in, anywhere near Columbus, Indiana, you need to hit up Zwan's. Again. I mean, they don't distribute like at all. The food is fan- like, the no, pizza is fantastic, one. but man, their beer, beer is next incredible. Level. Yep. And as soon as this fucking COVID thing goes away, we're gonna go meet Brandon over Ish. there. Um, and then I'm drinking uh from Taxman, their Blood Orange Gold Standard. Delicious. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah. Again, subtle. Like they don't. Yep. It's their Gold Standard, which is one of the more drinkable beers. Um, cause it's not like 9% like all their other shit. Um, but this is a little hint of blood orange in it, man. It's really good. Uh, and then I'm drinking, uh, from our, uh, friends up at West Fork whiskey, uh, friend of the podcast. <laughs> we wish. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> if, if uh, we've had old Hamer, their barrel strength on here before and we really liked it. We did a taste. Leave my old Hamer alone. <laughs> Hamer. Never heard of her. Um, and this is their, I found this at, uh, big red. This is their straight rye whiskey. Single barrel. Is it good? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a rye bomb. I mean, it is, it is fantastic. What's the, does it have the mash bill on it at all or say what it, it's, no, it's 50, it's a 57.8 strength, uh, it's barrel strength, so it's 57.8 by volume, and it doesn't say. Okay. It's aged for at least two years, so whatever that means. But anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic. They, they do, they do some really good stuff up there. Uh, this round is on the Pastors Pub. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, if you want to support us, and why wouldn't you? Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. A dollar gets you into the pub. Five bucks gets you some steaming. Had a couple newbies this week. Yeah, get you some steaming, hot, dripping content. Uh, really got to say that, don't you? Yeah, we'll get back to the Merton stuff when everybody gets done with vacations. And, and also, uh, a night with your Michigan bimbo, me. Wait what? <laughs> no, that's the that's the forty dollar level. <laughs> you you really got to pony up for that that's one. The forty dollar level. <laughs> you get a night with Brandon, and again, who doesn't want that? 
um, uh, yeah. So if you want to support us, um, like you said, the the pub's a great place. Really supportive, um, especially when people are going through some rough times. So um, yeah, dollar get you in. Uh, and now it's time for our new segment. <laughs> I love that. Self-titled. So <laughs> I don't really have to uh, love explain that it. So anybody much. got anything? Oh yeah, Brandon, what do you got? Uh, where do you want to start? Wherever um, you want to start, buddy. This is you. This is all you. Little. Uh, Are you going to so talk about your family on <laughs> Facebook? <laughs> well, well. <laughs> no, you know what the fuck is going on there. I do. I do. <laughs> so let's start with. Um, let's start with this one. Is this um, newsfeed, or you just? This repeat? is from BBC News. <laughs> Calls to remove racist Gandhi statue from Leicester. Lester. Lester. <laughs> God home of, home God. of Lester football, football club. <laughs> the Foxes. So. Why, the, why, why is Gandhi racist? So. Because he's. <clears throat> was Gandhi racist? I have no idea. I mean, was the. I, I honestly, outside of. I mean, I, at this point. It wouldn't surprise me if if somebody if a per- thing came out and there's like Gandhi raped a hundred people like oh okay I mean <laughs> fuck that it, seems you know. unlikely so but I, yeah who knows yeah. so I want to officially say that I really don't even care about statues at all I don't either yeah I, I just the don't. whole statue thing and, and hey, when I say can, hold on what, can, go, can, go ahead. can can we yeah we'll definitely one hundred percent talk about statues and foofy because okay. I think it'll ultimately lead yeah, to that right so. Let me add one more before you jump into that. You're just okay. Um, Yahoo News. Lenin statue uh, unveiled. Yahoo's still a thing. Lenin statue, not John. Uh, Vi Vladimir <laughs> Ilyich Ulyanov. Uh, Lenin statue I'm unveiled in Western Germany after legal battles. I am the walrus. So there you go. Yeah, I. I'm the walrus. Just uh, here's my just fucking tear all the statues down. I don't fucking care. Tear them all down. <laughs> but what if they tear down a statue of Jesus? Who, who you know cares? What, you know what's even? I mean, <laughs> we, we that's, okay. that's the new thing. <laughs> Are we? Get, can we talk about <laughs> idols and why I'm starting to understand more the biblical reason for graven the, images? Yeah, like I I'm starting to really understand. Oh, I always used to be like, oh, it's just. You know, God's a jealous God. Yeah, I think it's more than that. Like, oh, I think yeah. there was a very practical, like, practical. It's all practical. Yeah. Yes. I saw. Somebody, or do we want to talk about that in Foofy? Because I, I just we do. But I follow somebody. On, I follow a couple Muslims on Twitter, and somebody was going after one of them. It's a female. The person I follow is a female, of course, because and the guy going after her was obviously male. Because why not? Let um, me guess. White. Yes. Um, <laughs> There's a shock. And was like, oh, we'll tear down all the statues of Muhammad. Then you'll say something. She's like. Go, Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> People will be happy because you're not supposed to have them. What a freaking god! <laughs> it's just yeah. Do, do you see the irony of conservative evangelicals yelling and screaming for the Ten Commandments to be on the courthouse lawn, yet yeah. yet not having the sense to understand that one of the commandments yeah. is do not make. They don't want to understand. <laughs> no, they, they don't. don't. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. God damn. <laughs> I'm just giving now you, you got me fired up. I, got, I've got like just, rage blue balls over it, here. We haven't even cracked into the bourbon barrel aged ticket <laughs> yet. So we, we will get to it in food. <laughs> Promise. Just as an appetizer. Just an appetizer. Just to wet the palate. Uh, 
Yeah. Because you're, you're good at wetting our palate, Brandon. <laughs> I'll wet something. Can we talk about the fact that I've watched a NASCAR race for the first time in 15 years? Yeah, I watched uh, I watched last part of Talladega. And yesterday. by the way, the, it, they, the, it, there's a finish that was so close, it was within like a foot. At the yeah, at the finish, and the it third place awesome. finisher was sideways yeah. when he went across yes. the line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those those big track races are kind of fun to watch because it always gets a little crazy in the last, the last ten laps. I love that we're in such the upside down that NASCAR is now more progressive than the American yeah. Church, and I think it is just the funniest mm-hmm. fucking thing ever. Yeah, so it, funny. It is funny how <laughs> it, it's almost like that there are forces that will naturally pull the church toward yeah. the right thing. <laughs> and this seems Despite to be happening. Itself. Yeah, it, it does seem like, what was it? The Some Baptist organization in Mississippi was like, yeah, we need to get rid of the Confederate flag on the state flag. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's just wrong. Yeah. That's Baptist for fuck's yeah. sake. Like, <laughs> so, I, I mean, but if you look at a lot of history with the church, any progress they've been made, they've been dragged kicking and screaming. Yep. Every time. Every time. Yeah. And so it's just, I don't know. I, I posted something on Facebook. I'm just, I'm. We'll get there. Foofy. I promise. It. Yeah, I want I you promise. to read it because it's really good. Yep, yep. We'll get to it. I'm just, I'm just done. I'm done. I know. Yep. So. All right. Are we good? Are we good there? You got anything else? <laughs> I I'm, I do. Do we save it for Foofy? Or do you have something unrelated to what well, you said? Well, I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> I feel like I did, but it's gone, so. What the fuck is going on? Oh, awesome! It was really great. It was actually awesome to see Black Lives Matter T-shirts at, in the crowd at the NASCAR race yesterday. Mm-hmm. I've got a sticker coming from my. They car. gave out like five thousand tickets or something for that race, which it holds like hundreds of yeah. thousands or something. So it was literally looked like nobody was there. But at the end, did you see where Bubba Wallace got out of his car and walked up to the fence to talk? There was like a bunch of his That's awesome. Dude, there. And overnight, the composition of it's, the NASCAR uh-huh. man is going to just it's change. Crazy. It's yeah, crazy, it is. man. It really is. Uh, what are you going to do next? Let's do, let's do this. Brad, you got a poem for us? Is there anything more disappointing than an $11 cigar that's really hard to draw from? What'd you get? It's a Monte Cristo, oh, man. It's really good. Oh, Michael sent me the long version. All right. All right, go ahead. Yeah. This is called Idiot. Go ahead, Polly. Have I read this one? I don't know. All right. This here's a song about oh, I, Hold on. Turn the music off. Okay, there we go. When I heard the news, I wanted to cry. I should have asked you, but I'm too freaking shy. The thought of you with another guy gives me a sinking feeling like I want to die. You're perfect in my eyes, from your head to your feet. You're so beautiful, your personality so sweet. I love you more than anyone in the world. I always hoped that you would be my girl. I should have taken you when I had the chance to get, which is just ever more proof that I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's beautiful. Got, gotta love the possessive language in there, too. Uh-huh. I should owe, have taken you when I, I had owe, the chance. I owe Arr! you. <laughs> I was fucking 17 years old. My God. That Annie? No, I... Fuck, who knows? Was probably. I was stuck on her for like four years, so probably. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you she was literally my the soundtrack to my uh, 92 through 96. Yeah. <laughs> where, where did you grow up? In Ellettsville, near Bloomington. Can you imagine the wisdom coming out of Ellettsville in the 90s? You would have known, man. 
right? Ellisville to Knoxville, baby. This is some fucking beautiful poetry, <laughs> man. I wrote all my good shit in Knoxville. <laughs> God, 17 years old, and you would have thought that I was just I know. fucking alone for the rest of my life, man. Just fucking hell. I missed out on the one girl, the one chance. God. Oh, man. Pretty sure that was a poem to my left hand, but <laughs> weren't they all? Any of my religious ones I know were. I want to cut it off and throw it into the fires of hell. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, where are we? Um, I, I don't know. What are we going to do now? Let's see. How about uh, you got? Uh, let's do this. A little Gary Busey. Meditating with Gary Busey. Drinking your own blood is the paradigm of recycling. Used it last week. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Pick another one. Imagination is the hood ornament on their car of creativity. <laughs> He's not wrong. I've got a hood ornament. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly tight. <laughs> just that slight pause. That's um, what I get for not listening to the podcast last week. <laughs> That was a fun podcast. I haven't actually. had a chance. To, I know man. it was fun. I, just, I haven't. I mean, I was on vacation, so I wasn't driving. Yeah. So it was fun to reminisce a little bit, just to, you know, and complain about. I'll get around to it or not. <laughs> That's great. Um, how about how about Brightside? You want to do Brightside? Sure. All right, let's do Brightside. Let me find the fucking soundbite. There it is. Always look on the bright. You're listening to Look on the Bright Side with Mr. Brightside himself, me. <laughs> Hi. How's that cigar, by the way? Did I do all right picking that one out? Yeah, that's a damn good cigar, actually. All right. Brad, what do you got? Uh, I had a great week last week. So, Well, uh, sort of, like a half. Okay, so some of it was good. Um, (laughs) The end was great. Well, the middle was rough. So, beginning of the week, went on a little short anniversary jaunt with my wife, celebrated 19 years of... Wedded bliss down to yeah. Brandon Land, down to the, the land of milk and honey, otherwise <laughs> known as Madison, Indiana, the home of they have a, actually have a sign out now. Yep, they do. Yeah, yep. like Columbus has the Mike Pence sign, it says home of middling author Brandon yep. Andrews. <laughs> 500, 500 blog readers a year. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna name the high school library after you, buddy. Um. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful town. It really is. Like, uh, it was nice and quiet. We got to just get away. We did some shopping down there. They got a bunch of like antiques shops. That's a cool. That's a cool town. Nice restaurants, yeah. and so we had a good. Where'd time. you guys eat? Uh, there's a new place called Red on Main that is like a kind of an upscale. So I had a couple cocktails. Had some steak. The Morgan Freeman's restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, it's just a giant mural of him on the wall. Says this will be the. I think the same people own all do. of the restaurants. Yeah, they it's do. like There's Red like, Rooster, they have, Red Pepper, they've got yeah. Red on Main, yep. Red Robin. Robin. Literally five. They have like five restaurants. Red, Red Fox. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Red, Red Five. Red, Red, Red Skelton Red Comedy Skelton. Club. Dang it! I was oh, Red oh, okay. Red Five. Yeah. Uh, 
right next to the porkins uh <laughs> beefery um they turned him into a big fat ball of grease <laughs> um and then so got back and okay so <laughs> took a minute but it landed in the, <laughs> unlike I, porkins I, I should say that um before we left we had talked we talked to a realtor about putting our house on the market um because financially for us it's a really good time to do it and yeah. so because the market here has gone insane it's gone insane bonkers yes now it's a seller's market and when i say a seller's market it means you can't find anywhere else to live yeah. like i mean any house had was like it you would look at it and before sometimes there were some that we wanted to look at before we could even look at them they had a pending offer mm-hmm. on them. houses are going in literally a day so okay so we got back on wednesday and our house went live at on online Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. By Thursday, we had seven showings, and we accepted an offer on Thursday for mm-hmm. above uh, listing price. So literally a day. Yeah, yeah, in a day, less than. And a that's day. not that's not unusual. Our neighbors' no. two houses yeah, down sold theirs in a day. Yeah, I don't even think it went on the market. Like I think they Jeez. just yeah. It's it's bonkers. I just man. thought that so, they were trying to get Brad out of Martin. So the next issue, the next issue well, you is take Brad out of Martinsville. So take Martinsville out of Brad. Like I said, selling your house, selling your house. That's right, selling your house not an issue. Finding another house, big issue. Definitely an issue. So man, we looked at some places, and there were some. It was like, well, maybe let's think about it. And by the time we thought about it, it was gone. So. It's one of those things. What's where you, up with this market, dude? I'm serious. Like it's crazy. It's I, literally okay, insane. It's so you crazy. guys are putting it on the map. It's so crazy that even <laughs> that's right. It's so crazy that even my realtor, I was like, he even, I was like, I know you guys are probably making money hand over. Not probably. You're making money hand over fist. Are you ready for it to slow down? He and his wife are both realtors. Guy drives two Porsches and a BMW. Okay, so they're doing at the fine. same time. Well, yes, yeah. what well, stacked on one another. Oh, so well, that's gonna ruin. It's the like the job. night bus from Harry Potter. Oh yeah. Um. But without the shrunken head. Right. So even he was like, yeah, we're ready for it to slow down. You know, yeah, I, mean, I bet they stay busy, like, man. My God. That's I mean, insane. he's I mean, we were texting him some nights at 1030 at night and he was texting back. What are you I texting mean, your realtor at 1030? Because I'm serious. Dude, what kind of pictures were you texting? No, him? dude, seriously. Like we <laughs> are had these, to are these Steve Austin. It had pictures? to be it, it had to be constant communication <laughs> yeah. to find anything. Yeah. If a, if a house popped vegetables. up, if a house popped up at 9 p.m., you had to be like, can we set up a showing for the next day at the earliest Jeez. you can get a set? So anyway, found it. We went and looked at a couple houses. Then we went and looked at one that had an offer pending that fell through and we loved it. Like the only house we looked at that we fell in love with. And so we happened to look at it before it went back on the market, even like live. We, mm-hmm. we got there and we actually went over to the house. The realtor's like, let's just go over and see what happens. The people weren't living in it, but the guy happened to be there mowing his yard. And we were like, my realtor was <laughs> asked him, he's like, can we go in and look at it? He's like, yeah, sure. So, we put it was off- it four, uh, fourteen thirteen Wigwam Lane? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we actually put an offer on it that night, and for list for above yeah for list price paid and paying all the closing costs. Like, I mean, it was like everything they would want, and they still uh, decided they were going to take a bunch more offers. So a bidding war started, and. Long story short. In Martinsville, Brandon. There's a bidding war in Martinsville. Long story short, we ended up rescinding our offer in that because we found a place uh, that was like 200 more square feet for about 20,000 less. And so it was like, okay, well, let's go look at that. And it has a pool. So 
Uh, in case you're wondering where the fifth is going to be. We no, it isn't. It absolutely <laughs> fucking isn't. Um, you know, in most places have, they call that a bathtub. I will have a lock on my fucking uh, fence. <laughs> so, um, we went and looked at it on Sunday, put an offer on, and they accepted it. Nice. And so it is 0.1 miles from Matt. <laughs> totally not intentional. Literal. Literally. Literally a three-minute walk. Yeah. Um, we two, love it. two blocks. <clears throat> if everything goes well, like with selling our house and them and all of our financing with that one, we'll be in the middle of July. So really exciting, but it was really touch and go there for a few days. Like and I was our, literally like, I'm be living in a goddamn hotel. Like mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go. Brad, Brad was uh, the weekend was rough. Yeah, talking. Uh, I was like, not not happy. He wasn't in a You're good like, place. You want to come over and hang out? I was like, not really. Yeah, <laughs> and I knew you didn't. I yeah. was like, I'll at least throw the offer out there, and yeah, our livers will be dead by August. Yeah, so that's good news for me. <laughs> bad news for my health. I'm yeah. afraid as I sit here and drink an elephant load of bourbon and smoke a cigar. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, at least, and that's guys- just that's just a normal Tuesday. That's not even right. counting all the shit we're gonna like. <laughs> hey, I'm walking down to your house. Okay, I downloaded plans online to make a, a pallet bar <laughs> <laughs> on rollers, motherfucker. So that's happening. So you guys are gonna double up on the podcast episodes. Yes. The what? The podcast episode. No, that's no. <laughs> the podcast will be ending in August when we both die of cirrhosis. Um, Brian, what do you got? What's going on? Good. Ah, uh, finished writing the fiction book. Nice. I, I mean, I, I finished writing it. I did one massive edit, which was. I've a read the first three chapters. Yeah, and I love it. Yep. yep, I read the first three or four. And I love it. I did. no, I've read the first four chapters. Mm-hmm. That's right, and love it. And. uh yeah, it's going to be good. I actually, you sent me more, and I didn't want to read them because no, I want to no, wait. No. For That's it how to come I was out. too. I was like, no, I just yeah. I want to see how this goes. I wanna, yeah, I sent some yeah. of it to Matt early on, and um, I said it was, it's changed. It it's, it, it's changed dramatically since then. Um, but then I finished the third edit on. I said I liked Harry Potter better. Sunday, <laughs> it insists upon itself. It does. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so no, that's Josh Casey's book. <laughs> so I edited it. Two times and then send it off to the editor. Awesome. So it's going to be edited again. Do we know release date, possibly? Uh, And I sent it off to the publisher to read it for the first time. Awesome. (laughs) Is this the same people you published? The uh, last one. Beauty and the Wreckage? Yeah, yeah. Which, if Um, you haven't got that book, you fucking need to get that book. But I'll tell you what, I I think I'm making a big switch. Um, Atheist? Nihilist? I, I I just don't think I'm going to write any nonfiction anymore. That's I cool. Mean, if, because if, if nobody not, fucking listens. Yeah, that's exactly. I why. mean, it really is. I mean, I've thought about writing a book. I'm like, it's just going to be more fucking noise. Yeah, it's just going to be more noise. Nobody cares. Like, uh, I, I I decided a couple of years ago. I watched my stats just tank on my blog, and it wasn't because of what I was writing. I don't think, but. Um, it was. It's just, <laughs> it's just that there's so many voices. Pure, Everybody has an opinion, tripe. and yeah, so you're right. I just, I'm like, I'm done. But I had this idea come to me in October of last year, so it's a, it's a, it's definitely a departure from the normal Anders. Yeah, great. I mean, not that the old Anders was bad. No, but yeah, I like this good. better. Yeah, I, I mean, Six this is 10. my own opinion, but I, I think <laughs> Six it's, out of ten, sort of recommend. I think it's the best stuff that I've ever done. That's good, man. But. You know, but anyway, I finished it up on Sunday, sent it off. Awesome. 87,000 words and uh, 
Yeah, that's it. That's My, I've, now I've got Michael Basinger texting me, so I've got a man. Fuck him. He's he knows we're he knows we're a, fucking recording. I freaking I also there freaking love that <laughs> during the pandemic, all these psychologists are like, "Don't worry about being creative. You know, don't don't use this time. Just use this time to heal." And Brandon's like, "What if I just write a fucking book?" <laughs> all right, or you can do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it, Eight, well, he's not selling dick pills. I mean, eight eight months and I knocked it out. So anyway, that's the bright side for which me, which is fairly impressive to be honest. Like yeah. that's that's not exactly a uh, a light challenge to do that. So yeah, I mean, and I actually had to have a job, so I had to really work. So I couldn't write it during that time. So yeah. I was waking up at like five a.m. every morning, writing Whew. from five to eight all weekend, God. every weekend. I mean, we couldn't go anywhere, yeah, you know. So right. like Saturdays yeah, and Sundays, sure. I just wrote all mm. day. Because by that time, the family is tired of looking at me, talking to me. That's fair. So I'm Why like, is Michael texting us? He's sending messages. God. God Michael. <laughs> We've recorded without you. You'll be fine. Hell. Just fuck off to Florida. Jeez. He's a leg humper. He is a leg humper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to reading it. We'll have you back on the podcast when it, you get It'll uh, probably be, I'm, I'm guessing, unless something changes, I'm shooting for September. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, nice. We were about time we uh, have you back on. Um, I don't really have anything huge. I guess the weekend was pretty good. I had a decent weekend. Um, and <laughs> Brad's moving. I came over Sunday night to celebrate a little. Yeah, bit. we did. Man, that was fun. Miles and Mandy came over. Yeah, and he that was played fun. around with Jude and the sprinkler, yep. and we sat out and had a couple drinks and mm-hmm. cigars. Tyson and came over like Tyson usual. Tyson came over, <laughs> dude. He's amped. It's so Tyson. Fun. Tyson, my neighbor across the he's street. He's so Tyson. excited for me to move yeah. close. I love. I him. work with I work with Tyson at Nice Pack. He's a good dude. They man. literally live right across the street. <clears throat> Huge bourbon guy because of oh me. Oh my god. Like there, is more not, than, there is not a time that I can be sitting out in your yard that he doesn't come over with a different with bottle something. of bourbon to try. And he's that's one of the, he's one of those guys. This? Nope. All right. Let's and he's one of those guys, it. like, I buy this to share it. Yes. Like, that. he's one of those guys. Yeah, it's great. One of the nicest guys I've shared stuff with Earth. him. He's shared stuff with us. It's, we're yeah, we're right. usually hammered about 10 minutes after he gets here. Well, he usually waits until I'm three drinks in yeah. to be like, I'm going to bring over this cask strength bourbon. <laughs> yeah. 64% yeah, alcohol. he does. Okay. Yeah. Super good dude, though. We were we're really glad they're across the street from us. Really nice family, um, and just a good coworker. So, uh, but yeah, that was, Brad's moving to court. It's just it wasn't planned. Like as Brad said, it wasn't planned. No, it wasn't intentional, but it's, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, everybody knows that Brad and I are probably best friends, and like <laughs> uh, most days, sort of, yeah, friends ish. Since I left working with Best Tech, friends, friends ish, yeah, more friends now than, friends, than we were. Friends adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, um, but anyway, that's just super cool because I think I think Elijah's going to drive Ezra to high school next year. Like, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of I, I don't know. It's just neat to have family that close. Oh my God, and, Michael, are you fucking serious and, right now? Oh, hi, Jude. Hey, Jude. Uh, and you know, mom and dad are still a half hour away, which is always nice because they're a half hour away. <laughs> um, it could be could be better. Could yeah, be an hour. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> could, could be longer. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it was just, it was just an okay weekend. I just, I mean, it wasn't anything special. It was just real relaxing nice. and smoked a couple cigars, drank some and read and I don't know. Yeah, it was fine. So, uh, music segment. Yeah. yeah. Music time, music time. Oh. It's time for, okay. <laughs> Bunch of white dudes playing music by other, well, sometimes white dudes. Um, Bob Dylan. Dude, this album. Uh, I'm, I'm a Dylan freak anyway. Like I love not all of his stuff. Like he had some rough patches in the 
80s. 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, some of that stuff's okay, but... How old is he? 70, 75 or something, <laughs> I least. think. I mean, he's... He's been there. doing this for 60 years. So, so he's, yeah. He just put out his first album of new music, like... He did a like a weird album of standards that was actually pretty damn good a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like his the first album in like oh like a long time eight or nine eight years, or nine because years I worked like at Nice Pack the first time yeah. when it came out. It's called Rough and Rowdy Ways, and it God, a lot of so it good. is um, kind of goes back to some of his more bluesy shit from the late sixties yeah. and stuff that I just God I just love. And his his voice hasn't sounded this good in decades. It's grizzled it's, and yeah. gravelly, and I just I love it so. This is my favorite song off of And honestly, called. if you're going to get into Dylan, this isn't a terrible way to get yeah. into it because it's, I don't know, I still say start with his earlier stuff. Like Yeah, probably. I just I But people when people think of Dylan, they think of this, this. <laughs> it's not that at yeah, all. Yeah, but even that stuff I fucking love. Well, I do too. But, I mean, the the the, the pinnacle of that was Blonde on Blonde and that's yeah. probably my favorite Dylan yeah. album. So um, don't tell anybody you don't fucking Blonde on Blonde. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Uh, this is called Goodbye Jimmy Reed. Oh man, this is good. And the way they mastered it, yeah, like man, that old time, it's got that. Streets, named after a saint, women in the churches wear powder and paint. Where the Jews and the Catholics and the Muslims are praying. I can tell a prodding from a mile away. Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. Jimmy Reed, indeed. Give me that old time religion. It's just what I need. That's so good, man. So good. It's like a 12-bar blues, basically. It is. It's It's so awesome, man. Yep. I love that. Not all the albums like that, but I I just love it. It's it's the best thing he's done in years, Mm -hmm. and it is just... I've listened to it four times, I I think, since it came out I mean, it's been on just almost constant repeat. Three times in two days, I listened to it, yeah. Do do we have any, like, serious um, music profits much anymore no no i read an article by well, uh, i would say kendrick for sure yeah yeah yeah, for sure um i, I read an article by uh, chuck klosterman that argued that in 100 years 200 years people will still be listening to dylan oh yeah they'll it, still be listening to dylan but, they'll still be listening to cash there's a there's a handful that they will still be listening but to. he made the argument that dylan was the one that yeah ever, that because for of, one he's his his it's, it's timeless always music. timely it's yeah. always timely yeah. like I mean, which also tells you that nothing's fucking changed since the 60s when he started putting you know, out folk you, music. Funny thing was, music. I was listening to Radio Lab on the way over here, and they had an episode talking about um, the riots that were going on, and the person who wrote the episode said that she just threw on a playlist of Nina Simone and just put it on shuffle, yeah. and she just stopped in her tracks because the same yes. words that she was singing mm-hmm. at that yeah. moment resonated with I the know. present moment. And I'm like, I just, I mean, we, we have a handful, but it's like, it, I think in every genre of every, you know, I mean, we just need more, we need more voices. Yeah. We need, mm-hmm. And it's like, we, we, everybody kind of looks to Hollywood and they come out and they ask people to raise money. And it's like, you, yeah. you kind of, Hey motherfucker, why don't you give money? And, and I know that public enemy would come out with something. And I know Tom Morello came out with something, right. but it's like, we, I expect public enemy to come out with something. Yeah. I expect Tom Morello to right. come out with something, but where is the Bob Dylan yeah. right now? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that that prophetic style is 
it's kind of gone away. I mean, largely. Like you said, I think they, I, honestly, sell, they want honestly, to sell records. Honestly, right? I think hip hop and rap has taken the. Mantle. I think it yes, has too. Yes. I was getting ready to say that. I, I mean, think it, it absolutely has. It used to be it used to be the folk guys and then some of the rock guys in the '60s and '70s, and then it it has sort of transitioned to the. hip-hop. So what are, what are we missing? I mean, who is who is the white musician right now outside of '60s, right. you know, Fuck, '70s musicians? I, who who is the white prophetic voice? I, Taylor Swift. Well, I mean, the, honestly, maybe I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. She, I don't. she does with her politics outside of yeah. Music, well, and I guess not into, with her music as much as her a, as a little her. bit into the music, but not much. Yeah. But I mean, there's not the Bob Dylan voice. No, there's not. Well, part of that is I think the music. I'd be interested the, to hear part, people's people's take thing, on part that. Part of that yeah, is just a, part of that's just the music industry. Nobody puts out albums. Like it's all like you know what I mean. Like they don't push albums; they push singles, and uh-huh. so it's like. You're just not going to get a Nirvana again. I, we, I talked about this a few weeks ago, but you're not going to get it. You'll yeah. never see another Nirvana again. A game One changer. of those generationally generational defining acts. You'll never see it again. And I, so I just I don't know that there will be another one outside of hip hop because hip hop's a little more. Um, it can it can exist on singles. You know, you've got like mixtapes and stuff like it doesn't have to be a coherent album mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think. I think it lends itself to that. Plus, you've got people that grew up fucking oppressed. I just, I, 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 I think just that's think it, a huge part. I just of it. think it's pathetic, though. I, I mean, you it, could also it, make the, pa- you could also make the claim that uh, run the jewels. They're pretty. Well, sure. I mean, but I, you, but again, I that's ex- hip hop. Yeah, right. That, right. I, I think it's just pathetic that we have to look to Bob Dylan to still have somebody who will say something provocative or speak to the powers within the white yeah, community. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, enough of that. That's yeah. not even foofy. <laughs> what do you uh, what do you got Brandon? Uh, I was going to play a little joke. I I'm loving this uh artificial intelligence like making uh music based upon <laughs> artists. Yeah. And so you guys know Blindside? Yes. Y- you know yes. like the e- emo screamo whatever. Yeah. So I I was looking they had uh th- this has tons of different artists, but I thought this one was just spot on. I'm going to play a little bit of it. <laughs> Definitely like 90s Christian music. So this is completely computer generated, based upon blind science. <laughs> Listen to the harmonies. <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> I, I just thought it was hilarious because I'm like, man, computer does as well. I'm going to play one song. Um, I've been listening to this uh, Lady Longbeard. Um, Wait, Lady Longbeard? No, no, no. Oh, the lady, lady is it's called Long, Longbeard. Longbeard okay, I and I, I ran uh, landed on it last year. She used to work in the circus? <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> it, it's probably the album I played the most last year. Okay. I just played it over. and it, It's so unassuming. It's just amazing this is not my favorite song it's just the first track on the album I tried moving closer to the city. wow it definitely reminds me of phoebe bridgers oh. we got 
that reverb organ. I like the guitar tone too. Check that out. Yeah, I'm downloading that now. So, she has probably like 30,000 listeners right now. Yeah. So, when I landed on it, it was like 10 to 12,000. Yeah. I just love it. That's cool. It's just every song is about like oh, this. So, you know, you were mentioning prophetic artists. I mean, yeah. would you throw Fiona Apple in that? God, her. Dude, her latest album is fucking blistering. Mm. I mean, it's dealing more with like, you know, toxic males and shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is still very prophetic so i yeah. it is i don't know, you know that the, album the, is I, I hit us up man like i'd really like to hear people yeah. like who are the prophetic voices yeah. white voices in music i think the thing about fiona is that and, and maybe that maybe this is what the entertainment industry has figured out is that i don't think that this is too provocative to say but maybe with prophetic voices within the rap um, genre that it already has a built-in uh, audience that is absolutely going to listen to it. Yeah, that's fair. And, and within the white community, I don't think it's it's very finicky, and they can be swayed by a lot of different genres. Yeah. And so there's not a monolithic group who necessarily. So I think whenever you have somebody like Fiona come out, who who ends up with a 98 rating on this latest mm-hmm. album, right? I don't think that it's necessary. Like white people aren't going to just buy it. And honestly, it's because a lot of, I think white people really don't like the social music. I think that they want entertaining music, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's part of the problem. I mean, the the beauty of rap though, we could talk all night about rap. It's prophetic within the community that it's within, but the the beauty of it is is that you have a lot of white listeners who mm-hmm. listen to it and hear can hear the reality yeah. of how their minds need to change about how yep. you know what's going on. I pretty much, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, Matt, what do you have, bud? I got some raps. <laughs> uh, dude, this is your this is your uh, EP of the summer. This is Wale. The EP is called The Imperfect Storm. <laughs> Even Billy sort of liked this. <laughs> Nine in the streets, niggas riding in the streets. Try the police, then we sob and repeat. I done seen this like a hundred million times. Seen a white right get a black nigga shot. Strap full of yes, cause a pig finna ride. Blast for me, yes, they ain't asking for God. They ran through the stars, they ran through the spots. It's hard to get mad when it's mad niggas gone. Yeah, no fear of the law. Lights turning off, niggas head coming off. Yeah, nigga ran through the yard, flight club gone, they in there taking off. Brazilian we are, we still here tomorrow. My dog got looted, said it's fair, but it's hard. America is gone, and here are the results. I'm trying to move different, but to where? Cause I'm lost. Left, right, side, That that freaking I listen I've listened to that probably more than about anything in the last week. Yeah. Cause it's again, it's 18 minutes yeah. and it's just the whole time just straight forward. Yeah, it it's, is. You know, 
when I listened to the Run Run the Jewels album that just came out, mm-hmm. th- there was so much. God, that's a, a good album too. I mean, it is really. There good. was so much. I was just listened to it on the way over. Yeah, there there was so <laughs> much '80s, uh, especially '80s rap influence within yeah, it. There was. Yeah. It was amazing. Brandon's our '80s rap course. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I can go super super From the deep mean on streets that. of it, Madison. It, it, yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, dude, I went to the uh, the NWA concert. <laughs> In Me, Madison? No. They wouldn't. <laughs> no. No. You can literally see Kentucky from no, there it's as well. A, it's a pretty waspy town. <laughs> I was at the original Fuck the Police concert, so don't don't give me any lip, <laughs> little boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, time for the news feed. You want to do news feed? Wait, what about, uh, what are we missing? We're missing something. Are we? Jeez, how many segments do you guys have? A bunch. I feel like we're missing something. We don't have any food. No, uh, no Polly's Poetry Corner, what the fuck is going on? Music segment, meditating with Gary Busey, look on the bright side. Oh, yeah, I guess that's Into the new, I've got the list. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, where is it? There it is. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your fears. We're headed into the news feed. So have we done the story about... Uh, the strip club in Portland doing drive-through stripping. I don't think so. It's okay. from May, and I can't remember if we've done it or not. Yeah, so, whatever. Nobody, nobody cares. A <laughs> uh, strip club in Portland, Oregon, has found a novel way to stay afloat during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the Lucky Devil Lounge <laughs> transformed itself into Lucky Devil Eats, which has dancers. Oh, come hold on. on! No, 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 no! Which has dancers deliver food and food to go. A drive-up service for takeout orders come with an in-car experience. That includes performances, music, and lights under canopies. And give me my cheeseburger. Um, after closing in March under stay-at-home orders, owner Sean Bolden decided on March on March 17th to transform the business. Uh, it was like, okay, well, let's keep the kitchen open. <laughs> he said, well, let's, well, let's keep the cooks working at least, and let's open go. up the kitchen to food deliveries. <laughs> Almost overnight, Lucky Devil put up about a, a do- put about a dozen of its employees back to work. They wear masks and gloves to get their temperatures taken each day they're at work. When quarantine shut st- shutdowns started happening, I was very anxious about my future and my financial security with my family. Said one dancer, L. Stranger. Uh, I am the sole caregiver for my Diamond. small family, but I was lucky. I've been really lucky have the to runs? pivot. So yeah, good on them. Yeah, keep, love keep ingenuity. The, keep the kitchen open and the curtains drawn. That's damn right. <laughs> uh, so from the mirror.co.uk, one of a thousand <laughs> shit rags. Uh, top twenty kinkiest names. If I was gonna strip Brandon, I'd strip for that. It says uh, top twenty kinkiest names. Okay. Uh, on by a shopping marketplace. If Bojangles is, isn't in that list. <laughs> uh, uh, on by a shopping marketplace has discovered the names most associated with kinky purchases by studying their internal data and surveying 3,000 other customers. Huh. So these are the names of people that order the kinkiest. So shit. somebody sat at a desk and goes, you know yep. what we need to survey? Yeah. Huh. So for top 10 for men, one, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, kinky Chuck. <laughs> oh, kinky Chuck and the boys. <laughs> Pretty proud of that, aren't you? Um, number two, Mike. Yeah, number I can, three, I can see Dad being that. Yeah. Number three, Ryan. Yeah. Is there another? Is there a name? A, 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 another name where it just sounds so good to be like, "Fuck you, Ryan." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ryan Nelson. Fucking Ryan. Uh, four, Scott. Oh, that's a that's a there good one. That's Fuck a- you, Scott. Five, Joe. 
Six, David. Seven, Brandon. Yes! Yes! <laughs> that guy's a dick. Eight, Sam. <laughs> that guy's a real... Old, Sa- old Sammy 12-inch. Uh, nine, Fred. 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 Nobody's named Fred anymore. Who names their kid Fred anymore? Number 10, Jordan. Well. Uh, women, number one, Jessica. Yeah. That's a that's the uh, old... Uh, Uptight, su- su- uh, like suburbanite woman that just needs Jessica? to get her rocks off. Yeah, that, that, fucking that's, the that's, pool boy. That's yeah, Karen's, that's Karen's daughter. That's my, <laughs> that's my investment banker husband isn't fulfilling me anymore. So I'm gonna buy a 12 inch jackhammer dildo. Uh, number two, Liz. Number three, Hannah. Number four, Sarah. Number five, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Number six, Alicia. So these are people that buy like kinky shit. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, Lily. Number Lily? eight, Lily. Yeah, Lily. I wouldn't think that's a common name. Nah, I bet that's. I bet Lilies are nasty. Number eight. <laughs> number eight, Lisa. Number nine, Louise. Number ten, Sophie. Louise. Yeah, I know. Like, like apparently, some, six seventy year olds buying dildos. Some grandmas are buying those butterfly vibrators. <laughs> Uh, and then number two, they're buying the jade egg that you shove up your cooch. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Sophia. <laughs> so there you go. The 20 kinkiest names. Well, there you go. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> All right. Brandon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see this. Uh, what do we have? Okay. <laughs> Headline. Swimmer. Catches an eight-foot shark with his bare hands and pulls its mouth open to pose for pictures. <laughs> <laughs> a man swimming at Cape Henlopen State Park Beach in Delaware over the weekend caught a large shark with his bare hands. There's a lot and of po- sharks in Delaware. And po- yeah, posed it's right for by picture. the ocean, you dumbass. <laughs> well, I know, but it's <laughs> you don't think they have sharks in the ocean? Yeah, but it's fairly far north. I mean, I don't do sharks go that far north? Yeah, do they? Oh, okay, there was a huge bunch of great whites off the coast of Cape Cod a few years yeah, ago. That's because global warming. Well, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the man in knee-deep water drags the shark uh, by its tail, then holds it under Don't his- do that shit. God hold- damn it. Leave the fucking sharks alone. <laughs> These <laughs> people that drag dolphins and shit I out know, of the water and kill them so they can take a fucking selfie with it. Tell you what. Fuck you and your Instagram account. This, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Karen. God. Yeah, Sophia. <laughs> fucking Lily. A woman can be heard saying, oh, my God, that's a big shark. <laughs> no, that's a big-ass shark. That's what she said. Yeah, the guy is... That was uh, my wedding night, except it wasn't shark. Dude, I mean, the guy's ripped. That's a pretty strong I dude. Mean, Wouldn't uh, you Jesus. have to be? Is that Apollo Creed? Good God. Yeah. He does look a little bit like Apollo Creed. Uh, Where's Rocky? Yeah, is he I busy would, running? I would submit if I was the shark. God, no <laughs> wonder. I mean... I was going to say it'd take a special person to be able to wrestle a shark. I think we found it. Jesus. Uh, Brandon, is that from BuzzFeed? No, no, no. It's the sun. It's not. Oh, God. I mean, I have a a BuzzFeed article, but whatever. Somehow I use the mirror and somehow I have the most most reputable uh, British news source. That's it. All right. Is that all you got? Yep. All right. Uh, Product update. (laughs) Yes. Um, Matt is the new Michael. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's better than being the new Josh. Am I right? Uh, so you remember Gwyneth Paltrow had a vagina candle? Oh God! Yeah, candle supposedly smelled like her vagina for seventy dollars. Um, so 
she was on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, who can't stop laughing at his own jokes. Um, it's kind of his thing. <clears throat> she now debuted. She's debuting her new orgasm scented candle. Oh. Um, for nine hundred dollars. She said the package for this. Uh, the package. Uh, the packaging has uh, fireworks on it because, of course, it does. The new candle, listed for seventy-five dollars, because her oh. vagina only costs seventy dollars. Uh, is made with tart grapefruit, neroli, and ripe cassis berries, blended with gunpowder tea and Turkish rose absolutes. That definitely smells like an orgasm. Uh, random fact. Yeah, I mean, like... It, what, uh, <laughs> 1.5 million people have orgasms every minute. Maybe we'll be looking... Uh, I just had one. See, I feel like that's not true, because if that was true, there wouldn't be nearly as many problems in the world. <laughs> If there were 1.4 million orgasms a minute in this world, there's no way. Yeah, but it, there's a lot of unhappy wives who are not having orgasms. Well, that's valid. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's probably... That's thanks, good. Sophia. So well, I guess it didn't say want, women, thanks, did it? Yeah. If you want to know what you're missing, you can buy Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle, sniff that, and then light the orgasm candle and you get both. So, <laughs> What's that? God. I mean, I hate to ask the obvious question. What? But <laughs> What's her vagina smell like? What's an orgasm smell like? Well, it smells like grapefruit and cassis berries and, <laughs> and gunpowder gun tea. Gunpowder tea. <laughs> it smells like sweat and semen. I mean, like burnt, burnt green beans. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> it smells like sweat, saliva, and heaving breath. Like, <laughs> if it's, no, if it's made for women, it smells like get off of me and discipline. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said sweat. <laughs> like if if disappointment was a scent. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Exactly. God, got somebody. Please should've write just that renamed down. it. Should have just named it three grunts and some disappointment. Yeah, three grunts and involuntary muscle spasm and disappointment. Uh, all right. Uh, from LiveScience.com, which I'm sure is a real website. Uh, man's 29 pounds of poop removed. When doctors in China, of course, it's China. Uh, remove 30 inches of a young man's colon. That's almost three feet of colon. That's, a lot That's of colon. most of your colon. They also removed nearly 29 pounds of his feces. Can I just say, last week I was constipated. I was on an antibiotic, and it made me constipated for the first time in my life. It wasn't fun. Did you shit a femur? Um, it, it wasn't fun. I took, at one point, I had three laxatives in me. Didn't do anything? It finally did. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, dude, it... It was really uncomfortable. I felt like I had 29 pounds of shit in me. Mm. Like It was a nightmare. Uh, twenty. This guy's 22 years old. Uh, his belly had swelled past the size that would be seen in a pregnant woman at full term. Wow. Uh, he told doctors he'd been constipated since birth and that laxative provided only slight relief. And they're like, you just got here now? Yeah. What the fuck are you the doing? The man had a, has a rare condition called Hirschsprung's disease. All right. Um, Hirschsprung's. Yeah. Uh, it's a birth defect. affects about 1 in 5,000 babies in the U.S. Uh, people with the condition have no nerve cells within the wall of their colon toward the end of its length. The condition is more common in boys than girls. But basically what it amounts to is your nerve cells signal to the muscles of the bowel to contract and relax. Which I think moves it's unfortunate shit. if somebody has lost their nerve cells at the end of their length. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is pretty unfortunate. Right at the mushroom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is Brandon with only one beer in him. We haven't got to the good stuff yet. I know, right? Uh, right at the mush room. I'm pretty proud of that one. Okay. Uh, anyway, the nerve cells, it, it tells your colon to 
contract and relax, which moves the shit through your system. <laughs> he doesn't have that, so he doesn't. Yeah, that's not good. No. Um, yeah. God, so anyway, so this be, guy, this guy had. I mean, that they, they show a miserable. They show a picture of his colon they removed with this shit in it. That would like, be miserable. Yeah. Can you wow. imagine that? And he said laxatives provide like a temporary relief, but not much. Wow. Obviously, because he has 29 pounds of shit inside of him. I mean, so. imagine a 12-pound baby, which is massive. Which is a huge That's baby. two. I mean, oh, 29 God. pounds. You've got a literal, like, good-sized toddler inside mm-hmm. of your colon. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Poor dude. And one more uh, from the New York Post, um, which is a really reputable news source. Um how New York City's hottest sex club is doing socially distanced orgies. Wait, did we have something like this already? I don't know. Um, <laughs> guys, they're open for frisky business. It's <laughs> 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 uh, New York emerges from, yeah, from lockdown and enters into phase two of reopening money. So Here's sex a question. Club. Do people that write he- lines like that, journalists and, journalists in quotes, are they proud of that? They or is love there, it. Does something love does it. something inside them die when they write they it? They love it because they know people are going to love it. But I don't know, man. I yeah, I just I wonder are they high fiving their way around the newsroom? They news went to room? fucking Dartmouth. Are, are they f- high fiving their way around the newsroom, or are they yeah. literally just like I fucking hate my life? Or right? at least they're like, well, I'm not writing for BuzzFeed. <laughs> well, um, if you're writing if you're writing those kinds of lines, BuzzFeed is in your future. Yeah. Well, if you're writing for the New York Post, BuzzFeed is in your future. Right. BuzzFeed's more reputable than the New York That's Post. That's very true. In order for the members-only group called NSFW, which stands for New Society for Wellness. Hmm. Boy, that could be misconstrued as something completely different. Yeah. Can I get some essential oils? No, but I'll put a fist up your asshole. <laughs> okay. I guess that'll work. <laughs> Wait, I said wellness. <laughs> well, everybody defines it differently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so put a fist in your asshole while this guy donkey punches you with his <laughs> cock in your mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel better already. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to back that release date up, Brandon. Before before you, you want to be. Hopefully, your publisher doesn't listen. To this. <laughs> um. Anyway. So the city apparently issued some guidelines for group sex, including uh, to do the deed in a well-ventilated area. I feel like that you should do that anyway. You don't want to smell like Gwyneth Paltrow's that's just, orgasm. That's just good practice, yeah. really. And keep alcohol-based sanitizer on hand. So this guy, Daniel Saint, uh, whose job title is Chief Conspirator, which... What? I don't know. He had drafted additional <laughs> yeah, safety I feel like guidelines. If you're doing weird sex stuff, I don't know that I want to be called a conspirator or yeah. a saint, <laughs> right? Including, uh, so the safety precautions include mandatory temperature checks at the door, bringing a separate change of clean clothes in a plastic bag, wearing a mask. <laughs> work. Boy, that's sexy. Wearing I a got my change of clothes. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Yeah. <laughs> wearing a mask, which they have their own brand, and gloves, using sanitizing stations throughout the spaces, and of course, no new sex, which means you can't hook up with anybody besides your partner you came with. So, okay. Well, that's not much of an orgy then. That's more no, so of just, ba- it's more it, of just like exhibitionist public. That's literally, it's, what, it's just voyeurism. Yeah. Like you can you can watch other people. Basically, yeah. It's like a less sexy version of Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> Is there a less sexier version than that movie? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Um, Tom Cruise is a good looking man. <laughs> So uh, a bird mask on that motherfucker. Get the, <laughs> get the fuck out of my face. 
so they gave the rules a spin for a two-day in-person and digital sextival called Relief. Oh, <laughs> called, <laughs> called, get it, called Relief. Sextival. Which broadcast kink workshops, adult performers, and erotic dancers via live stream. Our fifth is going to be the pastor's sextival. <laughs> That's fine. Are somebody hashtagging that. Somebody fucking hashtag that shit. Um, uh, so members who snagged a spot fast enough were able to attend in person for 50 bucks. The Domcat, D-O-M-M-E-K-A-T, a professional dominatrix and fetish wrestler. I get it. A little oil. Was little one of the little jello. <laughs> She's smacking the cat. <laughs> when you walk in, there's a bowl of masks, a bowl of black gloves and black gloves and hand sanitizer. Um, and everything's clean like crazy. Uh, as Cat set up her smacking the cat. Wait. As Cat set up for her booty. It's a slow burner. It just keeps. Yeah. <laughs> as Cat set up for her booty painting performance, which saw her quote cover my butt in paint and sit on stuff. Unquote, as well as quote make flowers with my vulva. End quote. She couldn't hap- happen but notice what? less sex in the air. Usually, I'm jam- jammed on a couch with someone, <laughs> passing a spliff. Nobody calls it that. And a, cu- no, a couple people are in the back. Nobody calls it that. A couple people are in the back having sex. Nobody's There's lots of moaning. A spliff since Bob Marley in like the seventies. Yeah. Nobody calls it a spliff. Anyway, I, I'm done. Like yeah, that, I yeah. mean, I think you've said it all. Yeah, <laughs> I really, I really wanted to get to that making flowers with her vulva, like that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out exactly what that means, like, and how it works. Is it paint? I'm assuming. So it's like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting, basically. Like she's basically making small versions of a Georgia, except O'Keefe with painting. instead of painting it with paintbrushes, she's using her cooch. Right. So neat. I'll be trying. I'll be doing hot dog paintings next week. I'll be, I'll be drawing. I'll be drawing small mushrooms. I call this one the chili dog. <laughs> I call this one the mushroom garden. Man, I really missed you, buddy. I really did. I feel like there's been a lot of pent up shit going on, and you're just like you're just here to spew it everywhere. Um, 28 pounds of it Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay oh, is, is that it Are we do yeah yeah we're good. okay let's uh let's take we'll, a break we'll do let me do the foofy song then we'll take a take a break and we're back hey <laughs> with brandon talking and uh, just an insane beer. Oh, hold on. Dude, yeah. that is ridiculously good. Whoa. Yeah. Yes. Are you serious? I know. So, okay, what is this again? This is their chocolate? It's their award-winning chocolate beer, which looks like a... Dude. It, I mean, barrel it's, aged, it's it incredible. looks more of a cloudy IPA, hazy yeah. IPA, yeah. New England. <clears throat> um, the regular chocolate beer looks like a pilsner, and this is bourbon. The chocolate like yeah. lingers, yes. Yeah. Like and it's like good and chocolate, it's, and yeah. it's not overwhelming. No, it's, no, but it's like good chocolate yeah. flavor. Like, it's not like drinking like one of those peanut butter chocolate uh, stouts where it's like pure uh, dessert. Uh, which I think there's a place for yeah. those, but like like for dessert. But this is, dude, that is incredible. Yeah, yeah. that's nuts. Wow. Okay. Uh, 
Anyway. Yeah, so let's jump into it. Uh, so tonight, what we're talking about? I, I don't know. I have a theme song for it. Go for well, it. Well, you mentioned something about free. Yeah, I'll get into that. I'll just launch into it, and then we'll just go wherever it goes. Are you sure you want to do that before I do what I'm about to do? Right, go go for it. What would you do <laughs> if you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom? Once again, a movie what that is always relevant. If asked to make the ultimate sacrifice. It's only like a minute long. We're playing the whole thing. About all them people <laughs> who gave up everything they had. <laughs> would you think about all them war vets? And would you start to feel bad? <laughs> Freedom is it free? It costs folks like you and me. And if we don't all chip God, in, the video is so great. <laughs> He's in DC to this whole movie. Freedom isn't free. No, there's a hefty fucking fee. <laughs> and if you don't throw it, have you ever seen Team America, Brandon? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so we need to have a night where we watch this with Brandon. Dude. Freedom calls a buckle. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, Brandon, what do you got? Uh, you know, I I think that over the last nine months, like two of the meta themes of my book that I've been really focusing in on um, are two of the kind of jingoistic mantras that we operate within the United States. Far too many big words. Yeah. Um, freedom isn't free and peace through strength. And so I, I've been thinking about this for like nine months and writing through this uh, fiction book, just kind of working out these themes. But I was listening to a sermon on Sunday and I heard a guy preaching. And first off, let me say that you, you guys always have new listeners listening. And I think that there are still a lot of people who are within the church that are still either employed. Leave. You should. Yeah. <laughs> Get out while you can. <laughs> Run! Um, so there's still a lot of people trying to work through and reconcile the church with, I think, Jesus and the church with culture and all these things. And so... It can't be done. Get out. <laughs> I'm just going to keep... That's just going to be my constant <laughs> referring. Yeah. Which, which will eventually lead to your Facebook post. God. But, you know, I, I was listening to a guy preach on Sunday... And the entire message was about the good news. It's the entire summer is going to be about the good news. And so I thought, all right, I'm, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually ready because with the backdrop of everything that we're going through and where the church has what, been, what's going on? I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys have heard in Martinsville, but <laughs> maybe that's why, maybe that's why everyone's moving here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to get away from everything else. Um, but I heard a guy preaching and he was talking about the good news and which, you know, the gospel means good news. Right. And I thought this is really the perfect time to tell if Christianity has anything whatsoever at all, not, not the churches, not yes, evangelicals, right. Actual but, Christianity. but, but if, if, if if, if somehow the good news or the gospel is rooted in something or anything that Jesus said, then let's hear it. Yep. And just fast forward, and I even 
we were watching it on television. I even paused it and I told my wife and girls and I, I said, we're waiting for it. What is it? Tell mm-hmm. us, tell us what the good news is and where it ended up was, where do you think it ended up? What's, what's the good news? I'll tell you. Donald Trump's going to win another <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say we're dealing well, for, with another five years of this shit. For, fortunately, it wasn't that. <laughs> but, it, but it was um, Jesus died on the cross to save you from your uh, sins. I know. And it's like, that's it. That's all they and, fucking And, and that's it. And, and so. And, and not only is, it, is that it, it's a really shitty reductionist, like, explanation of what that even means. Yeah. Yeah. And subsequently, I saw somebody post today a, a trailer for a documentary that just came out called not to give it airtime, but the, the trailer is actually pretty good because it has a lot of progressive uh, Christian voices in it, but it was called American gospel um, documentary. And really it's just the same. It's kind of this battle between like this idea within Christianity of like, what really, what's the point? What's the gospel? And, and I think, you know, Michael's not here, so we can actually talk about Christianity a little bit tonight. But I don't. <laughs> but the, the 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 thing that I want here here's the thing that I really want is I think that if you're someone who's post Christian who are who's completely done with it, I, and I get it because I'm yeah I would say I'm hundred I'm a hundred percent on that page <laughs> as well. But at the same time, I'm very cautious about throwing out the baby with yep. the bathwater, and I think. Not to jump too far ahead too quickly, but if there is something within the words of Jesus being a minority person in the context of empire under a brutal empire, then then and and I'm not just saying Jesus in this, but I mean, should you not go to voices who are within the context of empire to find out what they're actually talking about? And so for me, whenever I hear somebody like launch into good news, I think there's an opportunity here to not reduce it, as you say, this reductionist theology to like immediately reduce it to a simple transactional um, thing. Like Jesus is good for something, but it's only, he's only good for my ticket to heaven. So I'm going to accept it. But like, if, if, if there's, but not even really accept it. All the acceptance means in American Christianity, by and large, is just a mental assent. It's just a verbal assent, not even a mental assent. It's just a verbal assent. It's a verbal assent. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, I believe that. But it doesn't. But you're not changing any of your fucking behavior or your thinking. It creates an utter ignorance of real life. Yes, see that that's the problem. There's no practicality whatsoever. There's no practicality. There's no ethic. And so what ends up happening? is that you assent to something because you think it's a futuristic uh, transactional idea that Jesus is good for something and it is for heaven and that's good for the future. But in the meantime, it leaves you completely bankrupt or bereft of any sort of ethic presently, which causes them to do what? Latch on to the ethic that's in front of them, Mm -hmm. right? So what you end up with is you end up with people who very gladly uh, will, will latch on to things like, freedom isn't free or um peace through strength they latch on to fucking memes it it, it absolutely is but whenever you whenever you real whenever 
the belief system within evangelicalism is rooted only in a transactional salvation. It is completely bankrupt of any sort of ethic presently, which leaves them grabbing. It 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 it, it leaves them grabbing and and trying to latch on to any ethic that they can find. But most of the time, it ends up as patriotism. But it mm-hmm. also that's why they don't have anything to say about any social issue. It's because because what what could they possibly say? Yeah. When, whenever you whenever your um, tradition that you come out of, which is supposedly a Jesus tradition, um, which actually has everything to say about social issues in the context of relationships and empire, right. but but you but you have lost it. You've completely lost it. You end up having no words. To, you can't even weigh in yeah. on anything that's going on presently. And so one of the things that I think you asked today on Facebook was, you know, you, you, you've talked about this morality that you assent to, but then on social issues, you remain absolutely silent. It's all disconnected. And my thing is, is they remain silent because they don't, they can't, they don't have anything within it. Jesus is good for going to heaven, but absolutely not good for an ethic presently. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think there's also a lot to say even more than that about how the church has literally propped up things like racism. And I mean, maybe that's what you're saying. It's like, that's why that they've, the church has been not only silent on racism, complicit, but have led the charge in on racism, not in a good way, like to be racist. Like, I mean, from the, Forever. I mean, not even just, I mean, before even this country, you know, I mean, how many slave owners were Christians? I mean, all of our, and all of our founding fathers. I mean, Thomas Jefferson wrote fucking, he wrote the words, all men are created equal while owning literally hundreds of human beings. And fucking all and, the and so, black but slaves, Not even like, that, but yeah. just owning, and, yeah. it had, and no sense of irony. There was, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, there was, they were able to have that disconnect of like, all men are created equal as this like godly ideal. But while also there was a, a massive cognitive dissonance between that statement while also owning people. Yeah. And, and like, I, I, it's just, it's unfucking. I saw it was on Facebook. I tried to find it. I, I saw on Facebook. I don't know if it was in pub or if it was on vanilla Facebook from somebody from the pub. It was somebody from the pub talking about how, American Christians are basically viewed the gospel like Disney princesses. Yeah. We're always the good guys. Yes. Like Christians are always the good guys. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like we we've thought talked we were, about this. Thing. We, we've talked about this, that the, one of the most transformative things for Brad and I, especially was realizing that Jesus is talking to the church people. No, we, when he's yeah, saying like, woe to you. He's talking to, He's talking to to them and saying woe to them and and, and including the marginalized. He's not. Yeah, we believed as Americans. We believed as Americans and as as a quote quote Christian country, which we all know is bullshit. But like that, the the narrative is that we are like, and I think this is the narrative that we grew up with was we're the shining light on this on the city on the hill. hill, We're but wasn't your church, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but what we what we came what. A pure American church. But what we came to understand is... (laughs) What I I came to understand, we thought we were the city on the hill, but we're actually Rome. Yeah. Like, we're the baddies in in this scenario. I mean, like, it it is... 
once I saw that, I couldn't go back. You know what that's, I'm saying? Like, it, I, I could what happens. I, once, you, yeah. once you see that, you can't unsee that. You can ignore it. Yeah. But once you actually internalize that, there's no going back. When you realize, it, it, for me, it was it was Irresistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne of like, what if we're the, the in, like, what if we're the enemies? Like, what if we're the bad yeah, people? Yeah, right. And yep. not just we collected, but I mean me. I mean, I had enough of those attitudes. I remember, you know, being very patriotic and by after nine eleven, by patriotic meant go kill those motherfuckers. Yep. And I remember having, but, conver- but, but then growing older and realizing it, it doesn't excuse terroristic behavior. But going, why do they hate us so much? And realizing, yeah, there's some pretty good reasons why they hate us so much. Like, and once again, it doesn't excuse their behavior, and it doesn't say, oh, they're the good guys. They're not. They're bad guys too. But we're that doesn't automatically make us like pure and good. Mm-mm. Like we have done evil things to so many people in this world, and that has that has consequences, and that has there's receipts, and there's 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 shit that happens because of those atrocities that we've committed around the world. You're gonna piss off a lot of people. So here here's the thing: it's like I I agree with that a hundred percent. But what I continue to see people who are still, first off, let me balance it by saying, I really feel like that as much as I rail against one element of conservatism within Christianity, that I can have just as much issue with the other side. But for today, um, (laughs) one of the things that I've seen a lot of my conservative Christian friends say quite a bit among all the other things that are just insensitive and ridiculous is that the issue that we have almost like that this is you know groundbreaking revelation but we've been hearing them say it for decade after decade is that it's not a person problem it's a sin oh problem my God, right I fucking so here, here, here here's my god i hate this th- shit th- so the much. reason that i we don't have a gun problem we got a sin problem all right well how about we get rid of the guns until we take care of the sin problem how about that assholes <laughs> fuck me sorry god yeah. but uh, i think that it all goes back to the same thing it's like whenever they say something like it's a sin problem and not a a person problem I I, want to know, like, where is this metaphysical sin? Like, where is this little thing that's floating around that has this impact on us? What I see are people making choices. What I see are people making choices every day with how we respond and how we act and how we protest or how we use our voices or how we write them down and, you know, I, th- I think it's a complete cop out when people say, you know, it's a sin problem it is a be- because, again, it it divorces practical reality. It it divorces them from ever having to deal with real people it, it on the saves, ground. It saves themselves discomfort. It saves the church the discomfort of actually dealing with their own shit. Yeah. Because when you can say it's a sin problem and not a person problem. You can just dismiss it and go, well, that's just the sin problem. And if they just had Jesus, quote unquote, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it, so then, they can go to heaven. Then, then everything would be good. And what that does when they say, if they just had Jesus, it absolves the Christian in their mind of any wrongdoing. 
I can't possibly have done anything wrong to cause any of this because I have Jesus. It's the ultimate virtue signal. It is. Yes, it yeah, fucking it, is. It absolutely is. Yes. It, but, but I think <clears throat> I think the thing that I see is that and I think you're right. I, I think it creates this discomfort where people, it's easier to say it's a sin problem. Thank God that it's Jesus who dealt with the sin. If you would just say the right words, then you would be right and your life would change. And it discounts histories. It discounts um, like reconciliation. It discounts forgiveness. It discounts like the hard work at the ground level. That And, and, and that's the thing, like, in the old, in the New Testament, it talk, Paul talks about ministers of reconciliation. Like the church would actually be the people march, right. marching out, working. And, and if people don't know what reconciliation means, it's like it's not a religious word. No, it shouldn't it, be yeah, a religious exactly. word. That's exactly right. It's just trying to bring together the broken parts and yes. mend them back together. And it takes time and it takes effort and it takes blood, sweat, and tears. And to instead, do it. the church is the ones with the goddamn sledgehammer, further breaking more shit and standing from a distance, yes. saying. You know, if look you how just, broken everything is while they're hammering away at shit. Like, but and, and that's the thing. Like, I remember I mean, the it's first, like taking a cookie jar with a hammer and going, "Why does this keep being broken?" <laughs> like, and hammer, hammer, hammer. Like, it, it's exactly right. And then cursing it because it won't put itself back together. It's just fucking crazy. Man. I remember the first time that I read that passage on um, where Paul wrote about being ministers of reconciliation, and I'm like. Mm -hmm. I number one, I've never heard anybody say that within the church, no. but number two, I don't even know how to do it. Right. Well, I, I don't, I don't either. And I will be personally admit, I think I've shied away from a lot of that in my life because it's fucking hard. It's uncomfortable and it's hard work. Yeah. It's, there's no quick fix. No. And I'm a quick fix guy. It's why I like my job. I can go in and fix something in an hour or less or whatever. And it's fixed. And so, but that's when you're talking about espresso machines, that's fine. But when you're talking about actual people to people, you know, enemies coming together and loving one another, that is, I mean, it's, uh, you're seeing the, the pains of that now in our country. Like, you know, there is, the, I mean, essentially a Black Lives Matter movement is, I, maybe that's maybe that's not a, not a good thing to say. I was going to say maybe it's a reconciliation movement at its core of trying to reconcile the past of this country and get white people to look at the past because we can't reconcile shit, especially as white people, until we fucking admit yeah. our collective sin, yeah, our of of white supremacy. And I mean, uh, you know, understand reading for me reading books like White Fragility and realizing that. Like I've I've spent most I've I've lived my entire life in white supremacy. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it. I was yeah. never wearing a hood. And but that's it's mm -hmm. it's way bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And but, but can I can I and, say and this? That's, and that's what's difficult is that it has taken me years personally to and, and I'm still learning and I'm still trying to grow and I still have a lot of blind spots that I'm trying to snuff out and figure out but so that don't I can you think i mean for both of you guys don't you think that the beginning point for either you know any of us mm -hmm. but for you guys that i'm asking don't you think that the beginning point has to be just an ounce of humility 
I'm, yes. ju- I'm just saying I I, I don't I, I I don't have the answer. I've been wrong. Slow, slow to slow to speak, right? Quick right. to listen and and listening and saying there this is something out of my comfort zone. This is something out of my wheelhouse. Yes. I don't I don't understand. I'm, I'm still trying right? to do that now. It's fucking hard. But here's But it th- takes a lot it ta- it's very difficult. It it takes a lot of ego death to get to the point where you can say I've I've been fucking wrong on this, and and, and, and not just that. I've I'm racist. I, I have been racist, and still probably and not probably still have racist thoughts, and still and it doesn't mean that. I, and I can still say that, and I don't hate black people, but it doesn't mean it doesn't absolve me from racism. It doesn't like you know what I'm saying. Like I I I've up until even in the last couple of years, I've I've seen certain videos that have have gone viral that I'm like. Well, I mean, he was sort of fighting, and yeah. and now I'm starting to shut up and listen. And, oh, and, he, and, ran, he ran away. And understand, and yeah. understand, why did he fight? Yeah. Why did he run away? Well, fuck, look at the, you've got to look at the entire history of blacks in this country and understand, that's why. Did you watch uh, 13? I haven't. I haven't been able to, I haven't, I haven't had the time to yeah, do it, but yeah. like, yeah, like, and, and, and that's, and I have to start with me first. I have to try to reconcile that shit in myself first. Why do you think, Brad, if, and I know Matt would say the same thing, why do you think that it's easier for you guys to say, I need to start with me, I need to look inward, and, and it's more of this humble posture. Not that you guys are the most humble no, people ever. No, not at but, all. But at least, <laughs> at least on this- We've done a podcast for 260 episodes. No, we're not most, humble. You yeah. guys are so full of shit. But yeah. Why do you think that it's so like serious? I mean, seriously, let's let's throw everything. Why is it so difficult for some Christians to just push pause and say, because they're in the system? What's that mean? Until I got out of the system of Christianity, the the yeah, exactly, I couldn't see it. So so it goes back to the main point at the beginning, no, which here, is you saw it. That's why you got out of the system. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. essentially that's yeah. why I left the ministry. Yeah. One of the reasons I left the ministry, why I've refused to go back to church, and why I probably won't. Like, so it goes why back I'm not to, raising so my he, kids in it. So, does it go back to the beginning where, in the absence of an ethic, in the absence of some morality that looks Jesusy, if you will, and clearly we don't know what that is, right. but in the absence of it, whenever you replace that with patriotism. Whenever you replace that with a political ideology, then all of a sudden you're defending your faith. Yeah. Right. Yes. And and it's hard to be humble whenever you feel like that someone is insulting. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's because I lost that identity. So what's that mean? I lost the identity of quote being a Christian. Like so, when you're in the church, you're given an identity. You're, you don't have an identity of your own. You're given that identity. If yeah, you grew up in the I'd church. I'd agree with that. If you grew up in the church, you are handed that identity. And you. this is who you are. This is what you believe. This is the type of person that you're supposed to be, which turns out after 2016, it was all bullshit. Um, and it has always been bullshit. Uh, but this this is who you are. And so when you're raised in that, and, and you're raised with a certain identity, and that identity happens to be wrapped up in nationalistic politics. Which you don't realize. Which you don't realize. And if you do realize it, you're at least happy to be on, quote, the winning team. Yeah. 
we were the right we were the right guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, I re- and and so when I lost that identity through questioning, through quote deconstruction, whatever, I I think it's a lot easier once you learn that identity to start stripping away other shit. Like you I start, would, I, I think I don't think you can really dig deep when you have that deep tribalism of Christianity. So I want to ask both of you guys. Okay, here's. I, I think the thing that I'm wrestling with is I don't think that the trajectory that we're on in America, especially within the church, is a, a good one. I, I think that we're... we're <laughs> That's we, a hot take. We're, what, what gave you that idea, idea hot take. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, well, we are, we are literally on the brink of a civil war. Mm-hmm. And so I say, what are you new here? <laughs> bro, We've had you on since 2016, buddy. We, bro, we, we, we fucked you over and made you come and talk about politics. How long have you been around? Hey, I asked the questions tonight. Um, <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the thing that I'm interested in, because I, I mean, I have my own answer, but I I think I can't imagine that there is not a person or some people who are listening to this, who are listening and thinking, I'm still in that, and and I can't help but think that there are people who are absolutely related to people who are still in that, of course. And I'm wondering from you guys, whenever you're wrapped up into a system where your ethic is, where, you, where your Christian identity is, is American patriotism, yes. but you cannot discern the difference. I want to know from both of you guys, like where... Like what? What was the linchpin? Like what was the? I I know that Ooh, you guys boy. kind of say generalities, but like what was the one singular pivot point moment where you were like, because I want people to hear it. I want people who the pivot point when when what? Like when we where, where it all of a sudden just clicked and you're like things will never be the same again. Like I re because I can remember for me like the exact moment where I thought my whole world's turned upside okay, down. Well, what was it? Yeah. For what you? was it for you? And I'll, I'll answer. I'm th- let me think about I was, mine. I was reading uh, Greg Boyd's book, myth of a Christian yeah, nation. I read yeah. That, so that was a big one for me. And I was completely Republican. Mm-hmm. I was sold. I sold my soul to it. I, I remember going to the Republican um, office in Columbus, Indiana and saying, can I volunteer? I was, I, I, I did not discern any sort of difference between yep my faith because it was completely the same thing. It was my faith, the flag, the troops, the everything, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Republican party fighting for the cause, you know, anti-abortion, I whatever. And I read Greg Boyd's book and he started kind of delineating all of, you know, really just kind of laying out the kingdom of God. Right. And I thought, everything that I've grown up believing my entire life. And this is a really, this is a place of real vulnerability and humility of, of I I always felt like I was trying. That's why I'm so sympathetic. I think to people who are still in it to a degree is that I was in it and I always thought that I wanted to do the right thing and, and do the best for God or, you know, and I thought that what I was doing was right. But when I read that, I was still pretty honest about 
seeking and searching and asking and knocking and trying to find out what really was. And whenever I started digging in, I thought everything that I've learned is a hundred percent antithetical to what Mm -hmm. Jesus was. Yep. Yeah. It's it's interesting you say that because I remember on your, your, uh, the podcast you had, um, (laughs) He's waited all Dude, I had it set. He teed that one up. That was number two on my list of things to play. Um you, you talked about never the, heard of it. You talked about the when you called about uh, a concert or some shitty thing you were yeah, putting yeah, yeah. on as a yeah. as a right wing Christian. Yeah. And the the guy said people like you will never get it. That's right. I remember that being a transformative moment for you. It's funny yeah. you didn't say that, but yeah. I, I just wanted to play that music, honestly. But like it, that, that moment was not transformative. It pissed, it pissed me off. Interesting. It made me so angry that someone would be so arrogant yeah. and condescending to yeah. me. So, yeah, because I be, not only because I felt like everything. I felt like that within me, everything that I always did was very earnest, and mm-hmm. and I did it, and it probably was, and and it absolutely was. Like right. I like whenever you guys talk about your past in the churches, it was earnest, it was heartfelt, it, you really meant it at the yeah. time, even though we were all so yeah. wrong, and 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 that and that's the only thing. It's like I I still have empathy for people like that who are in the system. Not not the hardened Karens who are sure, out there sure, and sure. the hardened so yeah, yeah, No, yeah, I mean yeah, we I will say we've got even in the pub we have some pastors and they're good dudes. Like yeah. they're really fucking trying to like do it yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. like I don't want to dismiss that. So what was the pivotal moment? Okay, so for me yeah. I had I, I there's two. Um I don't remember which one happened first. I uh but they were definitely connected. They were definitely connected okay. because they were pretty close together. Um, one was in my first church as a youth minister. Uh, there was, a, I think it was Memorial Day service. That's a big glass, buddy, by the way. Yeah, you poured a lot more than you thought you did there. Um, <laughs> that bottom's pretty wide. <laughs> um, Your bottom's wide, bro. Fat bottom glass, you make the whiskey world go around. Yeah, what time will. is it? Um, we're only an hour and a half in, buddy. We're, we're good. good. We're good. So... It was a, like it was like a Sunday that happened to be around Memorial Day, maybe like the Sunday before Memorial Day or whatever. And I had already been reading some stuff. I don't remember if I had read Myth of a Christian Did Nation the F- yet. F-15s fly over no, the church? I well, they might as well have. <laughs> had we had the budget, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So they, the church I was at, I so I'd been reading like I think I had read Irresistible Revolution, so it was starting to like yeah. I was sort of starting like the cracks were starting to form, and what pushed me over the edge was a Sunday service where they had all of the veterans stand up, and the choir sang the anthems of the branches of the sur- of the yeah. military. Yeah, I fucking walked out. Of, I was a youth minister. I yeah. walked out. I walked out of the service and I went and sat in my office. So you had been reading the book at the same time, and yeah. then you walked and into I was, that. And you're like, and what? I was like, I this is. I, I was like, this is the grossest fucking thing I've ever seen. I literally just went to my office and prayed, which is hilarious. Now I would now I should have just <laughs> fucking punched holes in the wall, but like because it would have achieved the same thing. Um, but that was a huge like that was the moment where it's like oh this is irredeemable. Like there's the American church is, is gone. Like in its, in its, in its, what year was that? 
I want to say it was like 2004 okay. or five, maybe yeah. five, yeah. maybe the spring of 2005. Yeah, I think it was probably the spring of 2005. So um, at that point, I was like, I'm pretty sure the church is irredeemable, but I still had that maybe I can change it attitude, which is actually just a false humility. It's actually just a savior complex yep. and ego masking is like, yep. I'm going to make a difference. It's, 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 it's fucking disgusting, but I, I only know that now. So yeah, I, I walked out of my own church service mm-hmm. and just, I was like, this is, this is just fucking disgusting. It's that was fucking it disgusting. Illinois? No, it was in Indiana. Okay. Um, of course it was. And Yeah. Right. And then the second one, and it was, I think this actually happened first, was the Rob Bell retreat, yeah. where we've, so met, we've talked, we've about, talked about it before, where you and I sat in a, we both had this deep sense of like, we're fucked. Like, yeah. because it was like, we we saw, mm-hmm. it was like our, it's like that taste and see, well. It took a few years, but we were fucked. Taste and yeah. seeing, taste and seeing is great, and that thing may taste good. But it's also going to cost you literally everything, and so yep. and it did eventually. Mm-hmm. It took years, but it did. And that retreat—I mean, I, people can say what they want about Rob Bell, but no, that no. dude, that dude, fucking that, at that cracked, moment, that dude cracked us open. Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he he uh, he. It was literally like, and it was like the point, and it wasn't like a church bashing retreat. It was just information. It was yeah. just yeah. like, oh, here's contextual stuff about the Bible. We were able to make connections. Go, oh, if this is true, then this, yeah, 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 and this, it, and this is true. And oh shit. In looking back, I mean, like I said, we had this. I I had this deep sense then of I'm I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and it took a few years, but that definitely was prophetic. In that, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, you're done because. It, Jerusalem wasn't destroyed overnight. Well, it it it, it was literally th- I, that retreat was almost like the emperor has no clothes, or it was like the the yeah the 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 curtain being pulled, and you see that the wizard is just a fucking guy pulling this you know mm-hmm. the string like it it. So those two things that that retreat man like just. I mean, it really did just cracked me open. Like mm-hmm. it was just like this. It it was it was. At the time, it was refreshing. I mean, oh, it was yeah, just like, oh god, like this is life giving, because I like because it was good information. No, I you, took it, it back it, to my it, students. It, it, yeah. it, if you guys went back there today, you would probably still the, still say the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, because it was good information. It was refreshing, yeah. and it was it was alive, and it was liberating. It, 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 actually, it actually felt like good news. See, that's my point. I know, and okay. it, it yeah. actually felt yeah. like good news. So, Let's hear yours. Yeah. Well. The Rob Bell retreat, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both went together. Yeah. It was a fun trip. We saw a pink elephant. We took a picture of me humping the leg. Mm-hmm. Um, that's somewhere that's floating around. I'll have to find that. Probably. Um, so, so there was that for sure. I think for me, it was, and I think I've already sort of mentioned this, it was realizing that Jesus wasn't talking to me when he was talking about the religious people. Or when he was talking about the marginalized. He was talking about me when he was talking about the Pharisees. Like when you realize that like that that was the that was the crack in the dam for my support of the LGBT community. So time out. Okay. If if you were to give advice to people who are listening right now, or if they share this episode with somebody else who's still in the system, okay. would you recommend that they reread Jesus yes. and understand themselves in different yes. positions? Hundred percent. Because when I realized that I was, like, I mean, it, when you look at the Pharisees, 
they were they were the religious people. They were the Franklin Grahams. They were the Jerry Falwell Juniors. They were the the mega churches. Like they were the keepers of the religious law. And that's what the church has become. And so when you realize that the people who Jesus talked to were outside of that, that opens up an entire world of oh shit, I'm one of them. I'm one of the people who who had been angry that Jesus turned the temples the tables over in the temple. I'm the one who would have been angry at Jesus for eating with hookers and whores. Do you remember and, the moment and, where you where you first thought that you were a Pharisee? <laughs> no, I don't. I it was no. again, it was it followed the the Rob Bell retreat because I started reading Jewish literature. Yeah. I started re- well, Jewish literature. But I mean I mean I read I have Everman's Talmud still on my bookshelf. I I read, uh, oh, dude, what's, who did, who's the dude who wrote Abraham and Walk the Bible? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Bruce Feiler. Yeah. When, those Great are the, some of the first books I read, Walk the Bible and Where God Was Born. When I realized that I wasn't who Jesus was talking to in, in regards yep. to yeah. who he was coming to save, I was the one who didn't need the doctor. I'm not sure what... When, the- when I fucking realized that... That was, and I, I don't know the moment, but when I realized that, that was the most transformative thing in my life. That, and I've mentioned this on episode 63 when we talked about when we became gay affirming. When I talked to a student of mine in my very first part-time ministry who said, why would I, why would I choose to be this way? Those two things concurrently, years apart, were it's it's i'm who i am because of those two moments mm. like if i could go back and talk to that student and go i i'm so sorry I because i was not i should have seen it i should have seen it for i should have seen you for who you are a beloved person who is trying to be authentically who they are but you were following the rules yes the regulations i was in fucking bible college yeah. I was in fucking Bible. I was in my senior year of fucking Bible college. Like, I I didn't have. I I think even then there were some cracks, but they were just like the little cracks in the ice cubes. Like they weren't the cracks in the the fucking lake bed. Of, they they weren't the massive cracks, but they were starting. They were starting to form, and that was one of the most formative ones for me. Do you think? Do you think that you were a fool at that point? Absolutely. Were, were, were you a fool? Yeah, I, I was, but I don't look back at that and go like with any regret. It's just, I mean, I don't think you could help it. I no, mean, growing you up in who it, you grew up to growing be. Growing up in it, I, so I don't, I don't look back at that with shame. It's more of just like you know, I do a little bit. I don't. I do I mean, because I, it was a because for me, it's a face and a name. I can name them. Right, but could, you didn't fucking know. Like you, oh, you don't you know what you don't know, and it's like so. I mean, I remember, I, I don't remember the year, but I do remember a specific time where I read The Prodigal Son and realized that I was actually the older brother. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit. Like, right. And then, and then not only that, then you start looking at... Um, <laughs> Brandon just had the whiskey. Uh, then, <laughs> How you doing, but buddy? Then, but then you realize... <laughs> yeah. Is that 112? Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's like... Fit- 112 proof? Uh, 57.8%, whatever that is, oh, times two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, 114. 114. Yeah. Oh. So, 
That's nice. I do. I do remember. I do remember. Brandon's gonna sleep I do remember a moment of like, oh shit. And it was it was essentially it was like a good and bad thing of mm-hmm. like, oh my eyes are open, but it, and then it was like, oh my god, it was like, the fucking Rob Beller Street. We literally sat across from each other, yeah. and we're like, it's not, it can't be the same now. Yeah, nothing can be the same. Yeah, I mean, we sat in the we sat in the cabin. And it was just by like, ourselves, and it was just like with heated floors. There's no way to in Wisconsin. There's no awesome. way to there's no way to go back. No. There's no way to there's no going back. So, yeah, man. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we were fools. Of course we were fools, but we were raised to be fools. But but I think. Yeah. But here's the thing. Yeah. If you would have asked me way back then. Yeah. We're holy fools. We're I mean, that was like supposed to be a good thing. No, it's not a fucking good thing. It just means you're naive and stupid. Like, I mean, that's what holy fool means. You're just a naive dunce. Yeah. Like, that's not a good thing, but you're raised to think that's a good thing. Yes, we were fools, but I don't. I, I've tried over the last few years my best to include and transcend, like Roar would say, include all of that. There's no reason to beat myself up about that shit. Because I didn't, I mean, people that are raised in the church have no fucking chance, and it's the reason I'm not raising my kids in the church. How, how do we have that same sort of empathy? Because you guys have said it yourselves, and I agree. We didn't know any better. No. No. How how do we how, how do we become more empathetic? We've tried two hundred fifteen episodes to answer that. Yeah, they're not listening. I they, they, <laughs> they tune true. they tune out at what are you drinking? That's that's you, very you've true. said it yourself. Um, <laughs> so why are we trying to answer this goddamn question, Brandon? No, you and your I mean, fucking ten no. percent beer. I'm drunk as shit. Well, I think the thing that I always think of is like I spent twelve years writing a blog that was completely to what I came out of, and I mm-hmm. think sometimes I was empathetic and graceful sometimes yeah, i always, we, I, we used to get pissed at you yeah, about that so, sometimes i would push you know a little bit too hard and upset people which here's I the thing i can be i can be empathetic towards christians while also denouncing their bullshit i don't think those two things are mutually exclusive like i can how, how do we do that how do we th- this is the question how do we do that nowadays without automatically people just tuning out. I don't think you can. And I I don't, because the onus isn't on you at that point. Like you can't, you can't lead a horse. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You, you cannot take people where they are not willing to go. And so if a, all I can do Bonhoeffer is just, says the fool can often be stubborn. I don't give a shit. He died. But Bonhoeffer is dead. The to fool me. can often be stubborn. <laughs> My God. But I'm the, the Michael in this group. Bonhoeffer but, is dead. To but me. fuck off. <laughs> God. Listen, listen, Bonhoeffer says the fool can often be stubborn, but this must not mislead us into thinking he is independent. One feels somehow, especially in conversation with him, that it is impossible to talk to the man himself to talk to him personally. Instead, one is confronted with a series of, ready for this, slogans, watchwords, and the like, Mm -hmm. which have acquired power over him. So Twitter. He is under a curse. He is blinded. His very humanity is being prostituted and exploited once he has surrendered his will and become a mere tool. I I love Bonhoeffer. So here's the thing, though. What what did God do when... When Adam and Eve cursed themselves, he kicked them the fuck out of the garden. Fuck them. 
That's eh, allegory. No, fuck it. Yeah, it's <laughs> allegory, but the allegory is fuck them. <laughs> yeah, the allegory is fuck them. I, I just, here's the thing. Like, uh, this right. is where, this is just where I've gotten is the reality is the American church is gone. They're gone. I, I am now a proponent of, and especially when I've noticed my black lives or my, my, a lot of most, most, I will say most of my Christian friends completely silent. On Black Lives Matter. Would you have been so silent then, when you were yes, in the church? Yes. You are a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I'm a fucking nightmare. Fuck oh, yeah. I, t- I would have too. I would have too. I'd have been silent. I would have too. I'd have been like, and so well, here's, you shouldn't have been running away. Here's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. If, if God is real, and that's obviously a big fucking if, if God is real and God has the power to change people, that's up to God to change those people. It's not up to me. Fuck it. So all I can do is I will cons- I will continue to scream in the wilderness of black lives that black lives actually matter, that the church is utterly fucking corrupt. I was a minister for 15 years. I know how the sausage is made. It's corrupt. And it's, it's it's worse than fucking Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. It's 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 corrupt and it's it is unredeemable. So I agree it's with you. Unredeemable. You guys know I agree with you. So let's finish with Bonhoeffer. Another quote. I don't want to. You, you Bonhoeffer's guys, dead you, to me. You Bonhoeffer got, got killed you, by the fucking you, Nazis, you guys, Brandon. You guys you need to stop hey, right hey. now. I will mute you if I have to. Brad has played perfectly into my perfect plan. Whoa. <laughs> Shocking. So in his letters when he was in prison, he says, there's a very real danger of our drifting into an attitude of contempt for humanity. We we know full well that it would be very wrong and that it would lead to a sterile relationship with our fellow man. Perhaps the following considerations will save us from this temptation. The trouble about it is that it it lands on us into the worst mistake of our enemies. The man who despises others can never hope to do anything with them. The faults we despise in others are always, to some extent at least, our own too. But what if I don't hope to Let do anything with them? How often <laughs> how often have we expected from others more than we have prepared to do ourselves? Why have we until now held such lofty views about human nature? Why have we not recognized its frailty and liability to temptation? We must form our estimate of men less from our less from their achievements and failures and more from their sufferings. The only profitable relationship to others and especially to the weaker brethren is one of love. That is the will to hold fellowship with them. Even God did not despise humanity, but became man for man's sake. And, and, And that... But here's the thing. I will say Bonhoeffer is also arguing from, from a, a Christendom position. He's he is, arguing from the freaking face of Hitler I know, but he's in the still, middle of it. He is still arguing from a Christian position. Uh, Brandon, I don't give a shit about the church anymore. No. Fuck and, them. But, but at, the very begin- at the very beginning, I said the, the central... The, the central issue of this entire episode is saying what they've assented to is what they've assented to, but what is there that actually is an ethic that we can abide by? That, that's the problem that we have within all of United I States. Think the, I, here's the thing. I, will, I think what the ethic you can abide by is 
spend your time with minority groups and speaking for them. Because so then the church, we lead to Richard Rohr, and I'm ready for you. But the, the I church, knew exactly where you would go. No, you don't know anything. You don't know me. <laughs> yeah, he does. But the, 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 here's the thing. I don't care about the church anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I don't care about the I'm church, I'm done with Brad. the church, and I'm done I'm with- I'm not trying to redeem and I, the and church. And I'm done with Christians. No, yes, that's fine. Because well. I'm done with Christians because- they're a part of a system that they don't know they're a part of. All I can do is say you are a part of a corrupt system. Whether they so, get so that you're or done not, with, you're done with them. I'm done with them. With the individuals. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll still, I'll, I'll, I'll still. I'll here's the thing. No, no, here, here's the thing. <laughs> I'll still, de- I'll still break bread with them. I'll still That's hang what out I'm with saying. them. But I don't. I, I, I don't have no, any, no discussions, no debates. I get it. I also don't have. I don't have the burden on myself to reconcile them anymore i would rather speak for black lives i would rather speak for queer i don't lives. think that they're i would I, rather I don't think speak that those are i don't think that those are separate things i do i think they are because of the power dynamics because the power dynamics are the church has the power and conservatism has the power and they are hell-bent on oppressing anybody that disagrees with them i can't change that so all I'm going to do is advocate for these people, the, the, the groups that I think Jesus would, would actually advocate for. I think Jesus would have washed his hands of the American church at this point, were he around today, would have just been like, the phrase, give you over to Satan, is I don't think there's anything more prescient than what the church has done. I think the church has just given themselves over to Satan. I just don't agree with what you're saying because I think that you made a post today that actually calls out that institution. It does. And the people But I can it. still call out the institution, but it's not my fucking responsibility to change them. No, it's not. But you continue to call them out in hopes that they will change. That, that's the difference. But I don't, they, I don't think so. I, I just want all... I don't care if Christians change. I want them to know how fucking wrong they are. Do you want them to change? If they, but it's, do you want sure, to, of do course you, I want them to they're, change, they're but it's not, <laughs> God damn it. Brandon wins. God, I fucking hate when he's on the this wise podcast. ones <laughs> recognize that without a certain degree of inner freedom, you cannot, you cannot and will, you will not truly love Richard Rohr. Spirituality is Ooh. about finding that freedom. Our deepest freedom rests not in our freedom to do what we want, but rather in our freedom to become who God wills us to be. And it's like, I think that you've tasted something that I've tasted you, freedom. Yes. And you want others to whether you. OK, fine. I'll you, admit you, that you will. I you, want others to. But I will say I don't feel an anxiety or a go burden to, sleep. Right. to make them feel it because I, I all I can do is say it. That's right. I think for a long time, even with this podcast, I was like, I felt a burden to like. Yes. But I also think that a lot of that was just my fucking ego of being. I'll be your savior. Okay. I don't give a shit anymore. Like, and that's what my post, can I read my fucking post? I yes, guess. read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what I put. As a former pastor who has left the church and who personally knows hundreds of people who have also left the church, that's not a hyperbole. I know hundreds yeah. of people. Here's some real talk to the Christians on my friends list who are still puzzled by why so many people are leaving the church and won't be back. Those are, by the way, I had somebody push back on that. So this has been shared a lot. Yeah. And I, of course, I got tagged in it and. Somebody pushed back. Well, I think he needs to check his numbers. No, I fucking don't. You need to check your numbers, asshole, because guess what? The numbers don't lie. People after 2016 have left in droves, and yep. guess what? They're Absolutely. not coming back, and neither are their children. Yep. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, 
uh, here are the two biggest reasons, though these aren't the only reasons. One, you told people they couldn't possibly be gay and be a Christian, but apparently you can be a racist and be a Christian with no problem. The glaring silence from a lot of my Christian friends about the Black Lives Matter movement has been more than telling. Two, you sold everything you you sold everything you said you believed in believed in for political power. In short, you raised us to believe that morality was king and family values mattered, and then voted for a man who is utterly amoral that brags about sexually assaulting women and is openly racist. So blame the ex- the mass exodus from Christianity on movies, SpongeBob, the liberal agenda, or whatever the latest boogeyman is. But here's the truth. You told us to take the Bible and Jesus seriously, and your words and your actions didn't match at all. If this makes you angry, ask yourself why. Yeah. And so I can put stuff like that, but it's not my fucking responsibility. It's not. I'm doing it because all I can do is say it. It's up to them how they respond to it. If they don't want to respond to it, fuck them. Brand, fuck them. Brad, Brad and Brandon are pointing at each other. But I'm just saying, fuck them. Like I, I've gotten to the point where, I, and I mean this in the in, in any sense you want to mean it. Go to hell. I, I just I don't care anymore because I would. The, I, I, guess the I, I would much rather. I would much rather would fight. And is, even is, Bonhoeffer fought fought for the fucking Jews. If, if I was sitting here as a forty, almost six years old man, how old are you? Buddy? Almost forty six in September. Wow. Jesus. Um, I, I would not say that to you and Matt as young youth ministers. I, I wouldn't say that to you guys. Well, you're also a better person. <laughs> well, it's true, <laughs> but I mean, I think that that's the thing. Is like. To, to a certain degree, I agree with you because I understand that there are hardened, calcified, like just... There are wounds. Well, there are people who have hardened beliefs, mm-hmm. who have calcified beliefs yep. that are extremely racist, yep. that have become only patriotic, that have become only political yep. ideology. Yep. And honestly... I, I I have a harder time I have a harder time being graceful and merciful to those people than I do people who are like you guys when you were in your youth ministry trying to navigate the waters of you guys said Man. it yourself you didn't know you you only knew that I think about myself at that time it's like I only wish that I could have had somebody to be graceful to me to say look hey come here let's have a coffee yeah. There, there are Man. people within that that are redeemable that can change their minds because you guys are the evidence of it. <sighs> yes and no. And the reason, yes, because I believe what you're saying is true, but also no, because we live in a completely different time than when Brad and I discovered this shit. There's a way to there talk were, there about was, it that's there was different. No, there was no social media at this time. There was no. For for me, there was. There was no, but for us, there wasn't. Like there, there was no, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no, there was none of that shit. Like, I don't know. I I I've really wrestled with. That's one of the things I've wrestled with more than anything is how do I, like I know what I came from. I know what Brad came from. I know what you came from. I know what Michael came from. I know what a lot of people in the pub came from. 
It but doesn't did, mean that we condone it. It doesn't mean that we prop it up. It no. doesn't mean that we agree with it. It means that it means that at a deeper level, the freedom that you found has liberated you from feeling the slavery of it. Yeah. It's like there's there's a love there where you can say Yeah, but man, people love their opinions so much now. I agree. But all I'm saying is is like arguing I, with a guy on Facebook that really loves his opinions. Let's let's use the word emancipation. He can go fuck himself. The word emancipation to describe a deeper, <laughs> bigger, and scarier level of freedom. Okay. Inner, outer, personal, economic, structural, spiritual, all at once. Surely this is the task of our lifetime. And it's like if if we just give up on people and can say, I just say I don't think don't, there's any outer freedom. I think there's only freedom is the only actual you, you put, freedom you, you is push inner freedom. It is, but you can only you, you can. There's no way that you can ever experience any. You, you you. There's no way that you can push for any outer freedom until you've started to experience the inner freedom that you have because yourself. I, I think I I think I mean the whole notion of freedom in this country is so goddamn fucked. Yes, like, it is so utterly fucked. That the the whole notion of freedom in this country is just I have the freedom to do whatever the fuck I That's want. That's right. You can I want if I want to own a goddamn tank and four bazookas, I will. You're not going to fucking tell me you libtard. Yeah, like, that's it's, it. It's. And that's not actual freedom. Like, actual freedom is an inner freedom yes. where, of course, it, I mean, Paul wrote an entire fucking letter about this in Galatians. Like, a freedom that hurts other people is not fucking freedom, That's you right. dumbass. Yes. Like, a, 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 an inner freedom is a freedom that doesn't enslave you to something else. And an inner freedom is only freedom if it is actually for the good of the collective. Collective, yes. And, and that's what the church, the church has no, the, and this is why I just could not give a shit about the church. The church has no sense of an actual communal collective it's It's only personal personal. yes and i don't know which came first the nationalism or the the person the personal individualism they go hand in hand i don't know which came first but we could have a debate about that but it's a boring debate i don't give a shit the reality is here we are and so that is I mean that that's that's the entire problem is that the notion of freedom is so completely fucked up How do you invite people into the collective if you are antagonistic about it? I don't care about inviting them into it anymore. (laughs) I don't. Because I think there's... All it does is repel people away from it. But they're repelled. Their own fucking inner attitude is repelling them. I don't... I don't... Give a shit. I just don't give a shit anymore. The church can go to fucking hell. I, I don't, don't care about care. the church. But it, the church is people. made of individual people. People. I don't care. Yeah. I don't. I, poor I little care. kids, poor little children. It's the, for the, the children. Chil- but it's, it's not. The, it's the children. The, the children, it's not my. It's, it's for the little kids. Other people's children are my, not my responsibility. They're not my responsibility. Shame on you for sending them to hell, Brad and Polly. Uh, fine. Fine. <laughs> I, they're not my responsibility. I I can only take care of my inner freedom and try to pass that on to my own children. And I can say things like I said on Facebook tonight. And if people want to argue or people like this dickhead that I'm talking with right now on Facebook want to point out my quote, the the, the flaw in my At logic. Kruger, we always do. Our- Sorry. Fine. I don't care. I don't. Because the reality is I can't make you see it. You, God, quote, whatever it is, or whether it's your own intuition, where they finally start to get your head out of your own fucking ass, turn it off. Or where the...
until you're ready to get your own head out of your own ass, I can't help you. Yeah. So what? I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. All of the Civil War is based on Brad's. No, no, fuck <laughs> that. Brad calls the Civil War. No, fuck that. He Brad is, calls the Civil War. He, he I can't a, stop a Civil <laughs> War. <laughs> I can't stop a Civil War. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. Hey, that's the hashtag. I can't stop. I'm not. I'm not gonna put that on myself. I can't stop a civil war. I guess I just don't know what you're saying because, like, I I just don't. I I mean, people. I mean, essentially, when you're raised with Christianity, you're raised with your head up your own ass. Yeah. Period. I, I don't disagree with anything. But you're it's saying. up to the individual to get to to realize that your head is up your own ass and to and to pull it out. Then quit writing your posts. Quit quit writing your Facebook post. You're sanctimonious. I mean, that's probably <laughs> you're probably right <laughs> because you care you're probably too much. right. You really and, want and this. You, you and want this, people to change. And this goddamn moron is probably <laughs> proving your point. He is. <laughs> I I just I I, I can't. I'm not going to convince this person. I, I just, you know, whatever. I, I, I just, I don't know. You wouldn't have convinced me. Then what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> I, you just proved my point. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm just here for the beer. I don't, whatever. <laughs> They're both typing. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we, <laughs> we, did, we get, did we get to peace through strength? Have we even Who got cares? to that point? I don't, I don't know. I just, we'll, I'm just we'll get to it at some point. Um, we've got, <laughs> we have a couple more hours. We're 204 this. in, so like, make your point. I don't care. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Fuck everything. Life is meaningless. There it is. It is. It's fucking meaningless. I, I, Albert Camus had it dead on. Absurdism is the only way to go. There is no inherent meaning in the universe. There's only the meaning we create. Vote. Then don't vote. Then don't vote. Don't vote. That has nothing to do with it meaning. Does. That has everything matter. to do with not a dissol- devolving into fascism. No. That's the only reason I'm voting it, it, in 2020. It doesn't matter, Brad. Oh everything God. is meaningless. It just, is just, meaningless. No, There's no inherent not. meaningless in the in meaning in the universe, no. Brandon. No. In Ecclesiastes. No. He says it in Ecclesiastes. Then don't vote. That doesn't have anything to do it with absolutely voting. Absolutely does. It Everything is meaningless. No. Nothing matters. No, it doesn't. No, it t- doesn't matter what you do. It's all gonna go the way that it goes. Don't vote. That's no. I'm saying what? no. You you've you you are lost. You no, are no, in no, the no. darkness. The, you are wandering <laughs> blindly. You, you what the you absurdism of what the absurdism means. You walk in circles. You what have the, no idea where you're going. What absurdism is is that there is no. Inherent given meaning in this universe, which Christianity rejects. Christianity says that there is inherent meaning in this universe given by God. It's bullshit. There isn't. Kids get cancer and die. Good people live, and guys like Donald Trump continue to live in perfect health, apparently, except he apparently wears diapers. Did you see that but meme like, where uh, whatever. Putin so, was riding him like a horse? Right. Did you so, see that? Yeah, I did. So, Pretty sure I saved him my phone. I do too. <laughs> but but to, to say don't vote, that doesn't mean there's... To vote doesn't mean you acknowledge there's meaning. The only meaning is what we create as meaning. But it's but all that meaningless, mean that, though. Even the meaning that you Brandon, create is meaningless, right? No, what I'm saying is that there is inherent... The, the absurdism is the, the structure, the struggle between a, in a, an inherently meaningless universe and trying to 
it's essentially trying to find meaning. It's oh, Sisyphus trying well, to find meaning in pushing the rock up the hill yeah. over and over and over and so over. So we try to find meaning in a meaningless existence. Yes. So it's meaningful. No. Oh, so it's not meaningful. Oh, my God. God damn it. Just read Camus. I'm Shut so, the fuck I'm so, up. I'm so glad I came tonight. No, I, just, I, I want to get to a point where we realize that there is value in not murdering and killing everybody. <laughs> I can't I mean, I can because get it, with but that. I would agree. I would agree with that. But I don't know that that's but, given by God. I but, think that's but, just. But that's the thing is like I, I I want to understand if everything is meaningless, then why give a fuck about anything? Because people. Because love. Like. I, I mean, essentially, but, but essentially but the key. Point, though, so I, right? I read the book, The Myth of Sisyphus, and the reality is that, that the, the key for Sisyphus is not only to find meaning in pushing the rock up at the hill, but it is ultimately to find love. And that is, that's it. That's it's meaning. Sim- if there's nothing. But you have to create that. It isn't given by God. Thank it you. isn't given on high. Thank it's just you. fucking like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you attribute it to. It matters that it is. Right. Okay, fine. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. And and that's my point is that that in itself is the essential meaning of it all. And that that's the essential meaning of saying dude, he, here's the thing. Like we we can read the words. You don't want to hear it. I'll talk to Matt. Um, Hi buddy. He, he, hey Matt. Um we can have such great contempt for other people. Mm-hmm. And write them off as lost causes. But I find people who are in the midst of the greatest sufferings, who are in the, in the midst of the greatest tragedies, who are in the midst of fascism and oppression, who are still somehow in worse situations than we are right now. I mean, we're just sitting here arguing about people yeah. who agree with Trump and they may be fascist, they may not, whatever. But I, I, I'm i reading people who are in the midst of real oppression who are still finding a way, who are still finding a way to say, in the midst of this, I still choose to love. I still choose to extend grace. Let me I ask still... you a question. Does Bonhoeffer's death mean anything? To who? Anybody. We're still talking about it. I mean, but... Did it ultimately change anything? Yeah, I mean, I can what? say that it. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, because I mean, after he died, there were still a lot of people dying in ovens, and then people had to fight to get those people to stop dying in ovens. So, so let me ask the converse. So you're saying that no one should stand up for any cause ever? Because no, 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 no it, that's it means not what I'm saying at all. Because you just... are a nameless person who no one will ever talk about, even though Bonhoeffer was a, a person whose name. I mean, what I'm saying is maybe what I'm saying is maybe there's maybe there's a lot of different ways to accomplish. I accomplish a goal. Yes. Okay. Keep going. How do you do that? It's not ideas. I I don't know that there's a. I mean, it's action. Yes. But what's what's the action? Yes. Uh, Keep going. Keep going to what? What the fuck are you trying sure. to get me to? Just, to, just say it. Just say it. It, 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 just it's, say it. It's not trying to convince people into ideas. It never has been. I mean, 
you, you said at the beginning, the Pharisees were the ones who were trying to play by the rules, who were trying to convince people into ideas, but you're saying that it's something different. You're saying that the way that you convince people is by action, by sitting at the, you said it earlier, by sitting at the table with other people, even people you may disagree with. I'm just saying the way that we, we prevent a civil war in this country is not by dismissing everybody as stupid fucks that can never get it because you guys used to be stupid fucks who could never get it. I was too. No, I'm not saying they're stupid fucks that'll never get it. I'm saying it's not my fucking responsibility to make them get it. Which I agree with, but do you still share the table with them? Yeah, but that doesn't... I, I can eat with somebody and not try to convince them to live a different way. If they ask... Here's the thing. If they... If they have to approach that, they have to be the approacher. I agree. I, but what I, I'm saying I, is until they approach, you're, there's no fucking here's what, reason. Here's what I see, Brad, is I, I'm on fucking Twitter like you're not. I, I see people who Twitter are Twitter like, is a goddamn cesspool. I see people who are like, you will never be at my table. You will never sh- break bread with me. You will never do any of this. And I'm looking at it saying... That's the way that we end up in civil war. And, and, where and we maybe, absolutely and maybe kill this each is other. a. I mean, it, not maybe. It is a flaw with me. At this point in my life, I'm not sitting down with a KKK member. I'm not going to fucking. It's do not it. even that. It's the people within your own fucking circle. Sure. It's the people who are in your right. family. Well, it's yeah, the people, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and, I will and, do and, that. And it's talking about. I mean, it's people who ought to know better. It's not saying I need to travel to, you but know, they ought to know better, but they fucking don't. They don't. But I deal with it every day. I know, but you're, but, but, but I will say, is, but your I dad is I, still a crazy right winger, Brandon. I don't give up. I don't give up saying it. I, I don't give up saying that there is a peace and a freedom. I will still to the day I die, continue to not give up. I will continue to love. I will continue to hope for better. I will continue to work. I mean, what does it cost me to sit across the table? Nothing. What does it cost you? Like even Jesus who, who probably comfort Judas, who was going to betray him. He's like, I'll still break bread with you. I don't, I don't care if you betray me. I'll still break bread with you. There is something fundamental. Well, can I? Can we also say though? I agree with you. I agree with you. But can we also say that that puts a that puts it that's easy for three white guys to say that, but that puts an unfair burden on let's say like the black community to say just sit down with racists and break bread with them and try to get them to see it your I, way. I read an article I, today about a lady who jumped on a racist who. But I will say, okay, fine. But I will say that's, that's an individual thing. I think it's, I think it's It's always individual. I think it's really harsh to put that on a, a group of people. Not going to. Who It's always individual. Who don't necessarily like, but I I think, I think a lot of times, I'm not saying you're doing this, but I think a lot of times white people do that, especially where, and especially white Christians can say like we can, we can denounce violent protesting or whatever. But it, but peaceful protesting hasn't fucking worked. I agree in this country. So like, don't disagree. It's but that's what I'm saying is that it's it's I can't say to I'm not going to I can't say to a a, a gay person just sit down and break bread with your family that hates you because I'll you're tell gay. you what or just or for see, black people we, just we, sit we, down with we, that we, asshole we, we come for I circle. saw so we, much ugliness in this in this community brand I went to a black lives matter protest and it was it was counter protested by just 
fucking disgusting, ugly old white people. Like I agree, screaming at us. And, and, and when we when we yelled "Black Lives Matter," they turned their backs. Yeah, yeah. fuck those people. So, those people are irredeemable at this point. At this point in their lives, they are irredeemable. Maybe. There is there's no conversation that I can have with them, and I can't expect if I as a white person can't have that conversation with them. How can I expect a black person to? Have I the don't. Onus That's to the thing. Go. It's like each of us have to face this reality individually. And I don't think that, you know, whenever we talk about Jesus and facing the empire and facing uh, hatred and w- whatever else, I don't think that the call of Jesus is for us to say, for all of humanity, this is what we're proclaiming as, proclaiming as white men. I would never say that. But I, I think would, it can come I, across I, as that. I mean, do you I see know. where it can come across as that? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not saying that. I'm saying that every single person has to come face to face with, just like at the beginning, I said that the problem with evangelicalism is that it's bereft of any sort of ethic of Jesus. If someone wants to follow Jesus, they must confront the ethic of Jesus. To me... That is saying you have to do that on your own individual turns. I had to do that on mine. I you had to do that on yours. Sure. I didn't do it on behalf of the all all, all of white community. No, of course. Of I course. think that every single black person has to say, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have to confront that as well. What does that look like for you? I'm not telling anybody to say I'm not telling anybody how to interpret that. It comes within the context of you saying, if if I want to not follow the cultural narrative, if I don't want to follow the church narrative, and if I really want to follow the countercultural narrative of Jesus, what does that look like in my context? That's not preaching to anybody else. I don't know what it's like to be Irish. I don't know what it's like to be African. I don't know what it's like to be Russian. But I know that Jesus confronts everybody within their own context. Sure. And pushes people into a place where it confronts, uh, it, 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 where he confronts empire, where it turns everything upside right. down. And I think that's where, that's the difficult part. I agree with you. I think the difficult part though is when, Hey Matt, is when he, he's, hey. he's back from the back is when Christendom, <laughs> when Christendom is the empire absolutely that's when it's that's when it's to me that's when it's just goddamn almost impossible thousand percent agree because the the when like (laughs) i mean they almost have you know matt and i dealt with this in the church where you get to the point where you can't even speak the same language because they have it so defended with christianese that there's no there's no discussion to be had. So, so what happens when there's no discussion to be had? When when anything you say is automatically shut down and automatically just coded in Christian imperialism, I think at some point I've walked away. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like I think at some point you have to just but say, I don't I don't I close think off at some channels. point you have to literally hand them over to Satan and just be like we can talk about the Yankees or whatever, like we can talk about the English Premier League. I'll talk about that all fucking day long if you want to. Uh, but like w- with this topic, you're not ready to hear it. I can't say anything. I to agree, you. but I received I received an email a month ago 
from somebody who was, who I've given over to Satan, right? Who's in the system. And they said, thank you for saying what you said. Thank you for challenging us when we were in it. I didn't see it at the time. I get it now. Thank you. And so I'm like, if I would have just given that person the finger and written them off. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you just said you gave the them thing. over to Satan. So like there's there's no generalization to be made here. Yeah, that's like, probably I, I think right. we're looking for I think that's probably I think that's part of the problem. There's no generalization. And there's no generalization. You can't generalize this this idea. People are going to get it or people are not going to get it and it's up to the individual to get it. Like Let's when not, some when right. someone's ready Let's to give get up it on people though. No. I Against my better judgment, I'm agreeing with Brandon. Don't give Go up. Fuck like, yourself. don't give up. But choose, choose, but, choose love, Brad. But, the, but the, don't, my, you, don't okay, you say. I will, I will Yoda, say this. Yoda says, "Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate." That's a <laughs> shitty Yoda. Stop what you're doing. I right need now. Michael here badly. You do. In my better times, I agree with what Brandon's saying. That I was the I was the one that didn't get it. Now I get it. But in, but in my normal times, I'm with Brad, I'm like, fuck them. Like, I, they're, they're not going to get it. Because there's, again, I go back to when we, we grew up in a time when there wasn't social media. There wasn't, we were able to sort of do it in our own pace. Now things are so, are so different. You're so inundated with opinions and with um, biases and with all kinds, of, all manner of things like that, that... It's really hard to for, it's really hard to form a fucking opinion. It's really hard to even think for yourself. I don't think anymore. you need to form an opinion. Not even that. It's, but it's really hard to think for yourself because you're so inundated with information and with opinions that I, I'm really glad I know what I think about stuff right now because if I didn't, I could be very easily swayed by whatever tomorrow's meme is going to be. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I guess on some on some level I have some sympathy for people who aren't who who don't know what they think about stuff because they because they 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 didn't grow up with the I don't know they they weren't able to to, to have the the I don't know experience that Brad and I had with being able to think for ourselves and being able to explore and have the time to explore and have the the space to explore what we think about Jesus and what we think about the world and how we think about the well, marginalized just, and just write them off. But just like Brad. God damn it. <laughs> maybe what I mean by writing them off is I just can't give a shit anymore. Like from from my, and maybe this is an enneagram thing, I don't know, but my personality I just cannot give the constant mental space to people that have that clearly have no interest in hearing anything different from their own opinion that I think there's a polarization. I now just, that there I wasn't just don't Brad and I, and I, you sort of discovered things on our own. There wasn't the polarization there is now. So all what I'm saying, I guess maybe this is like you said, maybe I'm just overgeneralizing. And what I need to say is personally speaking, I just cannot like spend the mental energy to just constantly try to change people's minds. Like 
I'm just you know, like what I posted on Facebook tonight isn't even so much trying to change people's minds. It's trying to just get them to like understand that there's a different fucking perspective so out let me there ask you this. than, than what the, they have. Because the narrative is, uh, oh, uh, people are leaving the church in droves because of fucking the Teletubbies or so, SpongeBob or can we fucking because hey, they Brad, like to kill babies can, can because stop, of abortion can, or whatever. Can, can, I, can we stop talking about the church uh, on a spectrum, right, of people being on the spectrum? Can you can you just look at people despite the church and just say, I I, I don't know that you can, Brandon. I, I don't know that you can because what we're seeing in this country is so intertwined with right wing politics mixed with the church that I don't know that you can dis you can't I don't know that you can disengage it from the organization. So let me because ask you this. The, if you were the, if you were in Germany where the church was being co opted by Hitler would you just say fuck them, dude? I would have fucking moved. I'm thinking of moving in the goddamn fall if Trump wins again. I'm thinking of moving to fucking Canada. I'll just you, burn you, my goddamn you, house you know, to the ground well, and move. Like people, people will buy it because it's. Uh, I just. I, I'm serious. Like we. <laughs> I'm not kidding. My entire family. We got passports, and we're getting passports as well because I. I think we are genuinely, truly fucked. If so, he gets so, elected again in the in, in November, I think we're done as a country. We might be even if, so if Biden gets elected. When, when, but I think we are legitimately done as a country. I think it's over. I think we are in the fall of Rome right oh, now. We, we are any way you go. We, and, we are there. And I, I can either... Uh, But would you criticize the the people that left Nazi Germany to escape that shit? Uh, Bonhoeffer left and came to America because he was afraid. Okay. But then he felt convicted because he was like... And then he got hung in a fucking concentration camp. And he went back. (laughs) Well, but look who won. The allies with the guns, though. Like, it wasn't Bonhoeffer that won. It It wasn't Bonhoeffer that won. It wasn't a peaceful... Like, and this is the difficult thing. It wasn't a peaceful, like, Jesus movement that defeated the Nazis. It was people with bigger cannons and a better military strategy that won that. So, like, it wasn't... Europe wasn't re-won for the, quote, good guys because of Jesus. It was because of a better military strategy and more people to throw at the cause. Like we had Patton. Are we are we joining the army? No, we're not joining the army. I will fucking leave. I have no interest in killing anybody. You are such a pussy. I sure. Fine. Hashtag. I am. Call me a pussy. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to kill another person. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to shoot another person. I would rather leave and flee to another country with my family to keep them safe than kill another person in the Civil War or whatever happens. So like, if Richard Rohr was sitting here, would you yell, yell and scream at him like you were me? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know because I just, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just the mood I'm in No, today. but here's the thing. Like, like I, it could just be the mood I'm in today because tomorrow I might listen to this and be like, well, Brandon was right. Well, but like, I, I came I, here to push your buttons tonight. And you did. And that's fine. <laughs> And but, I still but that's love what you. this podcast is supposed to be for. But I still, like, I still love you. Like I, I, I see your perspective. Well, I don't like you very much. And, right I, now. <laughs> and I think your perspective. perspective Actually, you're a dick, and I give up on you. <laughs> I think your perspective. Welcome is, to my life. I think your perspective is valid. I'm glad you're not moving to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think your perspective is valid, but I also don't know that it. Hey, Brad. We only get one life. Just love. 
people and hope that they can change. That That's my point. I can man, hope that they can change man, while also in a practical I, manner I, going, there's I, no I, fucking I way they're going to change. I would have hated your I, guts if I would have been Honestly, I think, I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of personality shit going on here. Like, I've known Brad for, how old are you? 49, 50. No, fucker, I'm only 43. Eat my dick. Brad, how old are you? Uh, 39? I'm 40. Are you 40? Christ. So You're not fucking 40. Yeah, I I hey, am. Listen, are you sure? You need am to... I sure? How drunk are you? Yes, well, I'm 40. That's a, that's a whole different issue. Jesus. No, I don't think it is in this instance. Okay, you are 40. You're right. But, like, I don't... You know, I've known Brad for a long time. He is definitely a pessimist. <laughs> you God are. No, it. don't, don't. No, you, I am, but that, I don't know that that plays into what it, I'm saying, it, though. It, it, like, I think you, it does. I think it does a lot because you are not a pessimist. You're... You're a very hopeful person. What's hopeful. your enneagram? I I have hope. I don't say I'm a pessimist. Well, I'm a fucking I, realist. I'm a one, so I'm, I'm not just a, like Richard Rohr. Hey, I'm me not too, a, buddy. Yeah. I'm not so, a pessimist. Like, I'm a realist, and you guys can both go fuck yourself. You're so, a, you're an eight. Eat a dick. No, I'm a, no, I'm not an eight. <laughs> That's a hashtag. I'm a six. I, I, but I think there. Anyway, my point is, I think there's a lot of. I think it's just a personality issue here as well as how we view the world. You, Brad, you definitely ver, you definitely view it in a very negative sense. You you do okay, and and, and, and it's a, that's not a criticism. It's just a reality. No, I, I can show you our fucking thread. I can go back through it if you want to. <laughs> Brad, you're dead. and Brandon. I've known you long enough, and you've been on the podcast enough that you're a you're a very hopeful person. But but I don't hope that I you win. You're an idealist. Like you're that. a one. You're a fucking idealist. You're a one. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm an idealist. I'm one. And I think that's the difference in. How you're seeing things, how we're viewing this, whatever the fucking time. I have no idea what the title is. Goddamn episode! It, like every episode you're on, Brandon. I have no idea it's what the be fucking well, Brandon it's gonna, is. It's a, Brandon be. Anders is a Christian Jingoist. <laughs> <laughs> Brad is an angry dude. <laughs> Christian Jingoist. I was going to call. I was going to go this. Brad and Brandon, Brandon fight each other. <laughs> I think there's a lot of that going on, and and that's and that's fine. Bonhoeffer still hung from the Nazis. That's what it's going to be called. Oh wow, Jesus gosh. Christ! Well, <laughs> well, because uh, Richard Rohr agrees with him, you just hung Richard Rohr. Okay, I had sex. <laughs> well, I no, no fucking gonna... turn that off. I'm no, we're not done yet. No, we are. It's two and a half. We're two and a half hours into this. Can we be done? I think we. I, I mean, I, the whole point of this podcast is not to tell people what to think; it's to tell people, like, to give people things to think about. I mean, I, honest do, to do, God, do you want a after, civil war? That, after that, this, that's after this whole episode, no, but I don't think that we can avoid it. Like, I, I just like the the notion. I, I see that the. I, I agree that the best way to avoid a civil war is. To love each other and sing the fucking Beatles and Kumbaya and everything else. You hate Richard Rohr. But I but but, the, but I also think it's incredibly naive. I don't, I don't have that but I also think it's incredibly naive to think that that's going to happen. That's not even the point. Oh fuck me, dude! Everybody is at everybody's throat. Everybody is ready. You are a killer, Brad. You are ready to murder people. <laughs> I just don't even know what to say. All right, just play the goddamn song. I got to piss so bad, I'm about to taste it. So, <coughs> All right. Oh, God. 
I swallowed that wrong. Oh man. You can tell us what you think. The five stars get red, but one star is dead. To us. Oh, I haven't even looked at Twitter. I haven't been this drunk in a long time. That's great. Oh. I'm actually not drunk, so everything you heard from me was coherent and sober. Oh, God. Brandon, that fucking beer, man. Oh, it's good. It's good, but uh, uh, we have a five-star from RS2129. It's a a fucking Russian bot. (laughs) Apparently a a robot from Star Wars. Uh, It's called Deconstruction, Swearing, and uh, Alcohol. I don't know what that. It doesn't show up the rest of it. Uh, if Matt Stone and Trey Parker ever decides to. Wait, what? What? Dude, you are slurring like a motherfucker right now. If Matt Stone. Matt and Trey, Stone. Matt Stone. <laughs> Trey Parker <laughs> decides to create a religious podcast for South Park, it resembles this podcast. <laughs> this is meant as a compliment. Okay, that's the five star. Brad, what do you got? Uh, no, I don't know. Who cares? I'm I'm too busy. I don't really care to look through it. No, we have a, we have a five star from somebody from Canada. Badger. Oh, yeah. we'll read it. I don't. I'm just saying for Twitter. I don't. Ha- I don't. I don't. It's care. For, it's on Twitter. Is it? God. But how can we have a five star from Twitter? Because she she posted the screenshot. Oh. But it's probably oh. it has a curse word, so it probably oh won't fucking show up. Gary Busey. There you go. If you want to take a pod to Flavortown, just grab your rotund lizard and sit down for episodes with the gentle gnome Richard Rohr. Discuss body image with Dr. Hillary McBride, brain doctor. Learn your why your aunt got flashed by a beaver and learn the genesis of a goo-goo doll. If you like Gandalf and also some enjoy some rusty nuggets, get ready for some spiritual wisdom mixed with damn good whiskey and a total lack of Fs. Never laughed harder with better people in my life. That is from Melissa Murray. Espresso Yay! Mama 3. Espresso Melissa Mama Murray. 3. Is that actually, did she actually? Yes. She just didn't want us to have to click over to Honestly, the Canadian since, since iTunes. Honestly, fa- fucking Facebook like changed the podcast and the iTunes app and all that shit. I don't know how to get Mark that. Zuckerberg can burn in hell. I don't, I don't. That's not Mark Zuckerberg. That's Facebook. Brad. You said Facebook. Mark Brad. Zuckerberg is no, Facebook. No, I said Jeez. they changed the podcast. I meant the podcast and the music app. <laughs> He's so true. Oh, I'm fucking lit. I'm not even pretending I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even pretending I'm not. Uh, I can't get to I'm other, so bird. I can't get to other countries to to see any. Really? No. That's I don't not have, Facebook. That's iTunes. That's what I'm saying. No, I you know said I, Facebook. iTunes. I have no idea how to get to that since <laughs> iTunes changed it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking listen. Matt's going to go take a sad Oh, my drunk God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, well, we were You're almost third anniversary level. I'm, I'm right pretty, getting pretty close, and that's been a while since I've been that way. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> And I still wonder that it was just me and you arguing. Matt's over there pissing himself and drinking. <laughs> he went to the bathroom like three times. <laughs> I've drank less now than I did at the third, and somehow I'm did more did drunk. Third. <laughs> Brad, have empathy towards your brother. <laughs> no. That, that is never going to no, happen. No. That, I'm, I'm drunk, and I can assure you that's never going to happen. born without the empathy gene for my brother. <laughs> I think you should know this. Little brother syndrome. Empathy doesn't uh, exist. Brad's RNA is broken. From champagne. (laughs) Me 
alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. So tell me why should it be true that I get a belt out of you? <laughs> Some get their kicks from cocaine. Hold it, hold it. What the hell is that shit? All right. People, what God, are we I'm doing? still drinking. Right uh, right yeah, you are. Stop, stop drinking. You're in your own house, and I've been modishing you to stop drinking. Hashtags, <laughs> play the hashtag song. Are we there already? Who cares? Nobody uh, cares. It's just on. Twitter feedback. Uh, Nobody cares. All right. Where is it? There it is. <laughs> Do you want me to read yours for you? Boy, you might have to. Now it's time Holy to shit! <laughs> you absolute <laughs> alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag rage blue balls. <laughs> hashtag I've got a hood ornament. The Brandon Anderson story. <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Porkins beefery. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> hashtag friends adjacent. Porkins beefery. <laughs> hashtag kinky Chuck and the boys. <laughs> hashtag old Sammy 12 inch. <laughs> Hashtag three grunts and disappointment. <laughs> Hashtag p- bastard sexable. They all win. Bastard sextable. <laughs> and then I can't pick one. <laughs> and then <laughs> hashtag smack in the cat. They all win. <laughs> smack in the cat. <laughs> Jesus, I can't literally can't read mine. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. Uh, Just print the damn thing. Uh, <laughs> About half dickless. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag leaves you with 12 inches. <laughs> Hashtag Michigan slut. Here I am. Hashtag good at wetting our palate. <laughs> Hashtag I've got a hood ornament. <laughs> Hashtag middling author Brandon Harris. <laughs> Eat a dick. You guys are unforgivable. <laughs> I give up on you. <laughs> no mercy. No justice. Uh, uh, hashtag from the mean streets of Madison. <laughs> 12 inch jackhammer dildo. <laughs> hashtag right. Right at the mushroom. Oh, jeez. Matt's going to puke. Oh, my God. Uh, Hashtag. I call this one the chili dog. (laughs) 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 And then, uh, hashtag, that's a wide bottom. (laughs) I like. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Brandon. You have any? Hashtag leave my own home hammer alone. Leave my hammer <laughs> alone. Leave my own hammer alone. Uh, hashtag wedding something. Hashtag poem to my left hand. Uh, hashtag I've got a hashtag I've got a hood hood ornament. Hashtag Michael Michael the leg humper. Hashtag keep the kitchen open. Have no idea what that was. <laughs> That's pretty standard here. Uh, hashtag that guy's a dick. 
Uh, that was Brandon. Um, hashtag Karen's daughter, Jessica. <laughs> hashtag it smells like burnt green beans. <laughs> uh, the Steve Austin story. Um, hashtag if disappointment was a scent. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <sighs> Hashtag smack smacking the cat. <laughs> wow. That was a good one. It is good. Oh, hashtag they call <laughs> Hashtag they call it the chili dog. <laughs> God, that's so good. That might be the winner, man. That's so good. Uh, hashtag I can't stop a civil war. Hashtag you are a pussy. <laughs> that's the name of my memoir. That's the name of the episode. Total pussy, the Brad Polly story. <laughs> hashtag you. Hashtag you can eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh Hashtag oh. y- you are ready to kill me <laughs> Hashtag you're ready to kill people <laughs> Um Hashtag Brad's RNA is broken <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I like uh, Porkins Beefery. (laughs) (laughs) I like uh, Kinky Chuck and the Boys, Old Sammy Twelve Inch, and uh, Smacking the Cat. Right, what do you got, Brandon? Uh, I like. They can call it the Chili Dog, (laughs) (laughs) and that's it. I think the chili dog's pretty oh, good. Oh, seriously? Yeah. I come up with Porkins Beefery, and you're going to go with that? Um, it's the painting. They can call it the chili dog. Okay. Uh, good wedding or palette. Uh, I've got a hood ornament. <laughs> Hashtag you are a pussy. Um, <laughs> right at the mushroom. <laughs> I'm okay with all those. Uh, I call I call this one the chili dog. All right. chili Whatever, dog sure. Who cares? What None you of have this matters. Chili dog, Brandon. Yep. Everything's uh, meaningless. They call it the it. chili dog. They call it the chili dog. Sure. Right, everything's let's go meaningless. Let's do that. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever got a hashtag. All of this is going to be relegated to the shit heap of history. All right, time for pulling out, guys. Um, where am I? Good God damn. God. Uh, time for pulling out. Uh, follow us uh, on uh, Twitter uh, at uh, at Pastor uh, Podcast. Polly named Matt. I'm pulling into Matt. Brandon's on Twitter. Brad's on Twitter. Good luck. Oh, Brad's, Brad's not on Twitter. No, Brad's not on Twitter. Polly named Brad. Uh, Facebook, uh, Pastors Podcast. Instagram, and Glorious Pastors. Uh, support uh, this podcast comes from listeners like you. Uh, thanks for giving us your money so we can buy. Alcohol shit get You're an eight Eat a dick <laughs> uh, Subscribe Rate and review us On Apple Podcasts uh, Don't use curse words Because they won't They won't let us read it uh, Check out our website Ingloriouspasms.com 
uh, support for us on Patreon. Get access to our bonus podcasts. Uh, we're doing some shit on Burton. It's been a month, but we'll get around to it. Uh, Hymns of Reconstruction. Um, oh, oh, the earring of Dick Pounder's Creek. We're doing that, too. I read the, I read the fifth one today. Well, thank uh, God for that. Uh, buy us around and you help shift the content of the show. Patreon.com slash Badgers Podcast. God, I'm so fucking hammered. Jesus Christ, man. Yes, you are. Holy shit. I haven't so cried funny. on this episode and I am like crying from laughter. <laughs> oh. This is amazing. It's, it's, it was good to see you, buddy. It was it's good to see you. Fucking it was forever. Really, dude, I, there is not one person in this world I love arguing with more than you. Well, it. Because, because, I, because we can argue and leave, and I'm like, I don't think less of you as a person I, in any way, shape, or form. There is no person that comes on this uh, podcast that argues with you. No, that's true. So I'm just glad you have a fucking the, beard, because you look like a weirdo without the, a fucking beard. The, I can hey second Brad, that. Um, I can second that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so, sober, and I can second that. So, All right. Let's close it out. <laughs> <laughs>